Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 86 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on May 25th, 2017 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Justin actually had a last minute schedule change that prevented him from jumping on the show tonight. So I want everyone to be sure to give him some grief and some really good snack gifts over on Twitter at JustinSane0516. Um, Mel is actually also out. She is currently busy at Fanime. So if you're in the San Jose, California area, be sure to swing by that this weekend. Um, so be sure to let her know that we miss her over on Twitter at the wind of the stars. And then from the depths of the madness inducing mind maps, we are joined by our favorite Gunter, the one and only green eyed music lover green. Hope you're doing well. How has the week gone for you? I'm here. Uh, (laughs) Yay, Justin, Mel, sad, <laughs> sadness, sadness from missing those guys. But no, my week's been busy. I'm almost finished with my nutrition class. I've got like one 1500 word paper left and some questions. And then I'm sending that jerk of a thing, thing. poop of a thing off. <laughs> and I'm done. I'm done with it. It. I kid you not, Blue. It's a self-study class. Oh, those are the always right. Test. Yeah, I'm turning in a book. <laughs> I just I'm you messaged, you messaged me the other day and you're like three more days. I was like three more to the weekend. Like I don't what what's the deadline that we're operating against? I have no idea what three. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like are you leaving? Like what? <laughs> no, God, it's just rough. It's just rough. If you ever have a nutritionist or you talk to a nutritionist nutritionist the type of crap that they have to go through to get certified for that (laughs) it's harder than my five years of going through college in this one at home class so thank them them, give them a hug it's just a hug (laughs) something because they've gone through a lot (laughs) well in the guest co-host spotlight tonight we are joined by one of the infamous ttl gunslingers and a man who is i'm I'm pretty sure truly dreading the destruction of our vaults goose goose how are you doing tonight pretty good it's been a nice day i yeah we were talking about that a little bit i'm kind of jealous i'm not gonna lie you got better weather. Well, I don't know. Our weather today has actually been cooperative. So um, before we get into the topic, I know Goose uh, had asked to chat a little bit about his experience with the Destiny 2 reveal. Um, and by the way, here's another reason to give Justin some grief, uh, because he's not here and we're going to talk about Destiny 2 reveal, which he was the only one of us who was actually there. So we're kind of out mm-hmm. of our out of our league with this one. But Goose, I've heard a ton of different points of view, and most of them, you know, most of them have been positive with positive expectations. But uh, what about you? Are you uh, fully on board the hype train to get rid of vault space and the mandatory spring cleaning that's going to force guardians to go through? Yeah, man, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. I I tell people all the time right now, make the hard choice. You know, whenever <laughs> I see someone who shows me a clutter vault that my first reply is you're not making enough hard choices. <laughs> you know, uh, and I get it. I mean, you know, a part of me really wishes I played destiny without having to deal with loot. Right. Mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. a loot game. What did you right. expect? So, I mean, just shard it. You know what I mean? 
if you're if you're playing with guns that sound great, perfect. That's your game. Go play with the pretty, you know, the, the, the guns that sound great. You know, if you care about their percentages, use them. Check it out and see if it's good. <laughs> if it's not, throw it away. You know, like there's I I I have like sixty items. <laughs> I love that function. That is my favorite function that you guys have on there is to be able to see the stats of the uh-huh. all of that, the intelligence, the strength that that made my cleaning out the vault so much easier. Because I'm like, that's crap. That's crap. That's crap. <laughs> oh, that's not too yeah. bad. That's crap. And it's color coded. I love colors. It's great. If, it makes it so much easier. A, if you have a moment of indecision between two items, you know, you can compare them to each other. Mm-hmm. Like if you click on an item and there's a little square next to the name in the pop up, you click on that and it brings up this comparison uh, uh, dialogue where you can add items to it and see how they stack up. So you can compare apples to oranges, you know, and you can see how, you know, all the pulse rifles work, you know, how they compare to each other. You can compare with an archetype, you can compare within uh, the same class type, or you can compare all of them. Um, you know, so that's a very uh, good feature. It's a bit underused because it's, you know, it's, it's hard to discover. We don't really do a great job in terms of elevating all the features, mm. but we do have an item comparison tool built in dim. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, make the hard choices. Sorry. Right, so we've had a million users use the app nice. and you know, it's a million plus now. I mean, that was like uh, a couple months ago. I checked. Um, and, you know, 300,000 uh, concurrent installs of the Chrome extension, plus everyone that just uses the website. Um, it, so, you know, one of the things that we've always been very sensitive about is it's a free app. It doesn't have any ads. You know, it's, it's you know, something we just do for fun. But we want to do cool stuff. And that requires servers. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. And so how do we do that? Like, that's our that's our big issue. It's like, how do we do it? You know, do we bring ads into DIM? I don't mm. want to do that. Right, to right. Because it kind of, you know, violates the uh, your your portal into Destiny, right? Right. I mean, we don't, we don't look just like Destiny. I mean, we're DIM. I always like having our own identity and our own brand. Um, but, I mean, this is your gear. I don't want to bring the real life into it. Mm-hmm. So we have to figure out other opportunities. I mean, we don't use Patreon. Um, we use something called open collective. Yeah. I saw the link that you had, uh, yeah. that you were posting. And very, this is very different. And this is something I, I mean, I, I was like kind of talking about, like when you're an open source programmer, you know, working on a team, you know, taking in finances like that, it's always kind of, uh, a minefield, right? It can, it, it can mm-hmm. cause issues because, you know, people are doing this work for free and then you'd have someone like with a PayPal account receiving on the funds. It kind of makes it weird. Our stuff is completely open and transparent. Um, what's cool about Open Collective is you see all the transactions that come in and then go out. Oh. And it's held, in, it's, it's held in escrow by Open Collective. You know, so they actually hold, they hold yeah. everything. And so whenever it comes out, if it trips like a, a $600 limit, you get a 1099. So like it handles oh. taxes for you. Nice. You know, it's completely above the bar. Um, and so we're actually a big fan of Open Collective. Um, I'm going to have to look you know, into that. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause you know, cause I like, know say I get of... tired of working on DIM, right? It could mm-hmm. happen. Um, if I roll off, you know, 
where would the money go? Right. Mm-hmm. With open collective, it's still there. We just have other maintainers, you know, take over. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a really, really good solution. So I just wanted to recommend, you know, if there's open source developers out there that are interested in trying to figure out how to like generate funding for the really cool ideas, look at open collective. Hmm. That's cool. Yep. I mean, I go and speak, you know, like I spoke recently at the university um, here in Alabama, there's a game studies program at uh, university of Montevallo. And, you know, part of the conversation I was having with these students is like, you know, how do you handle taxes? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. That's you know, just the, the... when you like, when you step into the gig, the, the gig economy, right. You know, just, just trying to bring some of that real world experience down to them. You know, it's not just about delivering your creative vision for your idea. You also have to deal with the government. You, know, you got to yeah. deal with loading up servers. You know, it's, 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 there's a lot of things into it. You yeah. know, just make sure you consider the entire the entirety of your effort and how it interacts with everyone. Well, and that's like, that's like talking like my wife, my wife is uh, finishing up her CPA exam. And so like talking to her, you know, it's, it's interesting hearing her perspective on all the Twitch streamers who are like partnered. And she's like, yeah. man, cause like she'll watch, she'll watch streams and she'll see the, you know, they have like every, everyone has the overlays and they have like the donation, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, <laughs> It's just so funny because she's like, they're gonna have to fill out a 1099 for that one. I oh yeah, think, I don't yeah, think they know don't. how to. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, and apparently at TwitchCon, that's that's like one of the most popular um, panels. Is yeah, sure how in the problem too is that apparently the CPAs don't even like the IRS and CPAs don't know how to handle content creators like this because they've it's, never it's it's a new thing and so they're mm-hmm. everyone everyone is confused it, i treat it like tips right yeah but it's also income so you have to just announce it as income um i think that's uh, what she's she said something yeah she was like it it's technically income but then it also depends like if you're um because it's, it's all dependent also on what you what you report under as right right of course so, yeah yeah We're, People call it a donation. Like you can't. I don't think you're allowed to really call it a donation. It's yeah, a I think there's a. Yeah, there's like a. There's a there's a limit because I know like as like as far as like quote business wise when we give gifts to people, mm-hmm. like they're mm-hmm. like yeah you can, your gift can't exceed this amount of money. I'm like well yeah. that means that I can give you a pencil. <laughs> it's like, I hope it's, you enjoy your swag. Yeah, it's like. Take notes. <laughs> so. Yeah, pretty much. Oh man. Yeah, and some people are actually pretty smart about it, right? You know, mm-hmm. that for like, for example, I mean, if you if you incorporate and you make an app, then you can funnel that through the incorporation, but then you can also write off your environment that you build up in. Right, right. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. things you if do. anything happens, that's gone. Yeah, you know, then it's incorporated. You know, so then, you know, if anything does happen, the incorporation takes care of that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sorry you lost that Gallahorn. (laughs) That's the Anna Manager LLC. (laughs) We'll take care of that for you. What's that monetary worth? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. We don't don't have any capital, so you can have it all. Here. Yeah. I I just remember your... uh, conversation about the potential for a dim go 
I I, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was just joking. Yeah, like, hey man, how can we make how can we get you out of that chair, man? Make you go do a lap before you can move gear again. That would be cool. I think oh, that would be I saw that conversation. Well, I, I was I, like, oh. I've seen several streamers, you know, do games where they have to do push-ups. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. And so, like, there you go. Okay. Well, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll work this out. Let's get your fitness tracker in, in, integrated. If but, you do that, I would be so happy. You, I would you, love that. You yeah. earn transfer bits based on your heart rate. Yes. That's it, guys. That's that's how we solve uh, our server. That's your server coming problem to, right there. Coming, coming to them. You can thank everyone for the since, for everyone. Please do not send me hate mail for this. Green, green is now elevated to Justin's level of ruining everything. Oh God! Yep. It's all green items bad. are all green items are free to move. <laughs> if you can pick them up, that is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's right. Well, maybe maybe you know you, you remember every time like a new expansion goes out and greens are amazing all oh, of a yeah, sudden yeah, right? yeah. they're the best weapons ever i was yeah. that, that always that was one of the biggest disconnects when i think it was like house of wolves when it when it really hit me first when that happened and i picked up like a blue and i was in i think i was in just legendary at the moment and i picked up the blue item and i was like hang on wait this is wait what like it would it actually took me a minute to like process mm-hmm. that oh wait I need to actually go go back to go back it, to the old was hard, guy it was a hard moment to take my Galhorn out of heavy slot oh yeah you know but it happened eventually <laughs> <laughs> you know but I held on to it like the end of the two twenties. and then I was like nah this isn't good anymore <laughs> <laughs> this this is taking up space make make the hard choice right. Yep, make the hard choice. I kept one of them. <laughs> well, I know, I know you said that you had wanted to um, chat a little bit more about the Destiny Two stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. So what what was what was your uh, response to all the all the hypes and everything? Uh, how, how was it? You know, I, I I can start from the beginning. So you know, you, you come up and it's that's the, um, the the hangers are there, all kind of queuing on the outside. You see the red carpet. And so, you know, this is an incredible event. You look around and you see the who's who in the community, right? And you see some new faces you don't quite know. And those are app developers, right? You never see those guys. You don't know what they look like. <laughs> uh, so it's, you know, we wore uh, T-shirts that we made with the DIM logo so that people might recognize us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very smart, very anyway, smart so move. We yeah, we tried. Like, we don't stream, so they don't know. But you know, we, so we, bumped into, we bumped into so many people, uh, and and so when when we we, we got credentialed and we were queuing in, and you walk in, and it's like, you know, the travelers hanging from the ceiling, and you hear the music, and it's like, oh man, this is amazing. You know, I mean, uh, and, and you you know, I got to be like, I was in the middle on the third row. Oh, nice. you know, perfect seating. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm looking around, and I see T-Rex, and uh, I see the guys from Destiny Tracker and Guardian Theater, and um, you know, so I, I'm I'm in good company. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's ticking down, and you see seven, 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 and like, all right, <laughs> the magic moment's coming near, uh, and then you know, it gets started, and it's it's 
like the Zavala cinematic, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like it's emotional. Like it's 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 like wow, this you 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 you've lived this right, and you see Zavala kind of moving through his trials as a guardian, you know, gaining his armor, uh, you know, becoming the the, the guardian he be, you know, he we see in game, um, you know, decking that fallen, you know, and using his uh his AR uh, <laughs> yeah, that he picked up right. and. You know, it's like, I mean, this is this is so badass, and you know, you, you, the whole point I made is it's, it's it's emotional. Like it, you can feel the whole crowd cheering around you, and it's just a very special moment to kind of be there at that time. Um, my my honestly, my favorite part of the whole thing is seeing the young Amanda. You know, yes, uh-huh. yes. And I, I clipped that out and put it on our Twitter because uh, to me, like it's it's tender. And, you know, I have small children and that, you know, resonates very well. You know, the, the, the marketing that we've been seeing lately with guardians, you know, helping and being helped by the people. Dodgeball. You know, oh yeah. yeah. The dodgeball I, card I, is awesome. And then yeah, uh, it's a, the D for destiny book is the other thing. That uh-huh. was, that was a little while Definitely. back, but that, Oh, I, we got that for our, our little, little one and mm-hmm. he doesn't read it. I read it. I totally read that thing. That thing is amazing. <laughs> Not hey, even my, gonna my, lie. My sons like that book. They'll they'll go through it. I, I they're like five and seven, so they're kind of passing through that book at the right time. Nice, nice. Um, and so you know, so that's that's done. And Luke comes out and just gets, smashes it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, with his presentation and all the other speakers and talking about the social experience and guided games, which are going to be huge I, for clients. So like, yeah. like, uh, you know. I, you know, so so we, we, the whole event's really well prefaced, um, and then we get to get kicked out of that experience and go into this next one, and it's the game. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, we, I, I, you know the, the bedazzled spectacle, you know, of of, of size guardians and armor, and like we just rush past that and get in line, right? <laughs> um, it's like, that's mm-hmm. nice. Get out of my way. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Those are, those are life size weapons, and that yeah, that's that's pretty. I'll take a picture of that later. Um, <laughs> and so I queue up, and my first game was a uh, um, Crucible on uh, mm-hmm. PS uh, PS Pros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I'm an Xbox guy. Yeah, Xbox. nice, nice, good, good. Okay, we're <laughs> we're buddies. I, I main on Xbox, uh, but I do play on PlayStation as well. Um, I have a, a a character that's like 380 something. That's mostly just like Crucible fun, just hanging out with people on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have no cool gear because I have not grind. I, I do not grind on PlayStation. It's like whatever drops. That's great. <laughs> um, but anyway, so you know, I'm still I'm comfortable in the controller. If good, the visuals, I immediately like. Wow, this is crisp. I mean, it's just you can feel like it's this is this looks really good, right? Mm-hmm. And the director looks amazing, and it's all just incredibly sharp. And I, I mean, it's it's just a, a, it's a, it's a it's a step ahead, right? And we we the ships are beautiful. Like I'm a huge aerospace. You know, I, I tweet a lot about NASA and rockets and uh and 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 the the ships are very dynamic there's a lot of effects on them you know it's it's uh you know i can't wait to get back into that that seat you know and, yeah and, and, but anyway so we, we we go down and we play the crucible game and it feels like destiny okay 
Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't bother me, right? I'm, I'm cool. It, it doesn't have to be revolutionary. It could be evolutionary in some respect, but it plays, um, like I play, I mean, Warlock. And so I'm playing as a Warlock and the jump feels like a Warlock. You're like, I, I'm, I'm comfortable, but mm-hmm. time to kill and the weapons are very different. Slots have changed. Um, you know, you, you can have multiple primaries and then you have this like power weapon concept. Now you have, um, you know, melee and, uh, grenade, but you have it also now like an AOE or some special um, uh, ability uh, for your class. Um, so that was interesting. You know, the idea of having like a hand cannon and a scout rifle. I mean, uh, I, I, I like that. You know, I like right, having, right. I mean, I'm not a hand cannon guy. I like scout rifles and pulse rifles. I like the engagement to be a little bit further away. Um, but hand cannon felt like a beast. And Yay, that makes me happy. I've heard you know, that a lot of people like the hand cannons. Yeah, I liked my scout. My scout was like just felt like vision, vision confluence to me. Like it was just super stable. That's you know the way it felt to me. And um, I liked the rocket. The rocket launcher was great. But you know, rocket launcher has no proximity detonation. Like it didn't. None of these things really had. Like you know, we didn't know what the perks were. We couldn't see any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we were just shooting guns blind. So like when I shot my rocket one time, I just hit the ground near a player, and AOE was big, and it you know it took out the the player. Another time, it just it missed them barely, and it was a wasted shot. So you know, there's some risk reward to rockets, but I didn't try any other uh, weapons with the. Uh, uh, I, I did enjoy the way they felt. Uh, the thing that was really, really different about the experience was time to kill. And people have talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the engagements were very stretched out. You know, you would, you would, you would both shoot each other. You'd both get kind of low and then you'd both kind of like step back. And then at the same time, recovery felt kind of long, you know, like it took a while to kind of get it all back. So, you know, you were waiting Trying to slow um, down the gameplay a little bit, it sounds like. Yeah, well, so my my immediate reaction to the way, it, you know, the first game went was, I was just having huge flashbacks to Halo 3. And, oh, you know, that makes sense, yeah. So let me give you my perspective, right? So I, I come from a clan that's played a lot, a lot of Bungie games. We started in Halo 2. We've been playing since 2005 together. Um, yeah. We have a ton of experience. We've created plays and ways of working together as a team to have an advantage. Um, and in Halo 3, you know, we would do things like team shooting very, very well, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. time to kill in Halo was long. You had to pop a shield. And then once the shield was popped, then you had to, you know, finish the player off. And so, then, you know, like that might be four shots on the battle rifle and then maybe two more to the body or something like that. And this kind of felt like similar to that, right? There was a, there was a long that occurred, and you had time to react and time to get away. But if you were damaged, it took time for that stuff to kind of come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, if, imagine if you have 2v2. Okay, so this is the game mode we were playing felt very um, hardcore search and destroy-ish, which is a game type that's very close to me. This thing is called a countdown, I believe. And it had mm-hmm. two bomb plants, and you know it was an offense and defensive phase. It was amazing to have more objective-based game types in Destiny. Yeah, that's um, I, yeah. I, I, Rift is fun, but it's a neutral bomb game type that you know it's 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 fun, 
but it's the only one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, th- uh, this one sounded more like it was like a little bit more like assault, which is, yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely. So you, 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 you set up, you set the plant, um, and then you back off and then they have to kind of defeat you and defuse. Oh, okay, um, okay. Okay. And so, uh, you know, I'd be in that room engaging and fade away and then someone else would come in and start to defuse, but I was already weak and I couldn't finish them off. So, I, you know, solo engagements, are you know it's going to be hard you know but if you have a if you have a teamwork like if you got a buddy and you both are working on the same player you know you're both shooting the same player you will drop that player before the second player probably can drop one of you like if they're both shooting one person you know individual engagement and you're both shooting the same person you're going to kill that same person and still have time to take out the other one. And you might both live. Sometimes you, you know, depending, you know, but one of you is walking away from that engagement. If you do team fire effectively. That's and actually, so that's the feeling that's really I got. Cool. I mean, you know, like, I was like, Whoa, I'm getting like huge, you know, like feelings of, of halo three in terms of the gunplay, like, and it's, it, it's, and it's gunplay, you know, the abilities aren't like dominating. Okay. And so, you know, like I throw a grenade and I'd have my, my melee. Now the, the one thing that was interesting was the abilities that, you know, warlocks had like a damage and healing AOE that was kind of like in a small circle, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. I mean, that it would work in, 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 in certain phases, but it wasn't you know dominating. Like you can still be worn down off of that. So think of that as a brief overshield from Sunsinger, you know, when mm-hmm. you do your, your melee, similar to that. Okay. But it took you out of the action to cast it. You know, it takes like two seconds for it to proc and then it, you know, starts recharging. So it's not immediate. Um, <clears throat> you know, hunters had like this dodge reload mechanic. Yes. Looks like shades. I'm excited for, I'm I'm so excited excited for, for that. But it's a different animation. Like you do this twirl spin move thing and it's, it looks really cool. Like, and that's another thing I really wanted to do. I animations. Want... Everything oh. was animated uniquely. Like there was just so many animations. The thing like that is, I want with that turn, though, is I want that cloak. I want us to have like a duster type cloak <laughs> and do that turn and do like the gunslinger type yeah. duster flare. It'd be you're so talking, cool. You're talking my language, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're big Stephen King fans. So yes. this whole Dark Tower thing coming yes. up pretty soon is kind of cool. Yeah, that's actually. So anyway, we're doing the the gunslinger is the book of the month over in our, in oh, our Discord. Yeah. So oh, green, right. green is getting a crash course of of nice. asking of asking questions and being like, well, we don't want to ruin the series, so we yeah. we can asking answer you, but no we- answers, <laughs> no answers at all. It's just like, well, I might as well just listen to the book and like throw my thumbs at the chat because I'm not going to get anything out of anybody. I'm not. It's not going to ruin it for anybody. But my favorite thing that stuck with me is Roland spitting on that guy's corn. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> I remember, yeah, Life early your on. plants. <laughs> you know, don't waste the water. Yeah. Anyway. That so, and when he's leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's, a, it's an interesting book. I, I like it. So, um, but yeah, so for D2, yeah, there are animations for everything, particle effects, the explosions. I mean, visceral light in the campaign. I mean, it, it you know, it, 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 it's, it's, an, it's, an, it's a new experience. You know, it's still Destiny, right? It's all the fun stuff that feels good about Destiny, but it's different. It's evolved. It's, you know, they got some new mechanics to learn. It's just, you know, it's something new. 
you know, but it's still destiny. That was my takeaway from the, you know, the, 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 um, uh, crucible event, you know, just, I walked off, I walked away from that game. And I was like, yeah, okay. I want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that matters. That's yeah. That's it. Matters. I mean, that was, at the end of the day, like it was fun. Like I had a great time. I don't need to play D one with you know four K textures and you know I mean I don't I don't, I'm, I'm I've had that experience for three years and I'm ready for the next thing, and I got it you know and it was fun. Uh, after that, I did um, I networked and you know I met a lot of people and talked about you know Dim uh, to as many people as I could because. It, for me, it was like a big marketing event. Right, you know, I was right, like, right. "Let me let, you know, streamers help us talk about them because we don't have a marketing budget." <laughs> you know, and so it's through streamers that we get um, the furthest reach into players to help them understand how we can help them. So I was really just you know doing that that conversation. Um, then later on, I worked on um, uh, a campaign, and so I got to play campaign on PC. And, oh, mm. nice. How's the PC feel? Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I like it. It's fun. And, you know, I play with my friends. And my friends are on Xbox. And that's not going to change. But it's fun. <laughs> and if you like playing on PC, you might have a good time. So... I liked it. It was good. And the campaign was great. Let me tell you, the, I, I, the, the first level, it, it was just, you know, my favorite Destiny 1 story mission was when we opened the array. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that felt like the most fleshed out, you know, dynamic experience, things happening around you, you know, like you felt like you were making a difference. You're taking on the assaults. You know, that was a great D1 mission, the array. Homecoming, ton of that. I mean, you just, you're stepping up and, you know, the tower is crumbling around you as it's taking the assault. And then, you know, the, 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 the cabal are landing and uh, you're, 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 you're just standing in Zavala's shield. So you have NPCs that are doing things and Zavala's generating orbs, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's not standing behind a table. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, that's, Zavala's that's in the fight. I'm excited, yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, Ikora is throwing a Nova, which is crazy, awesome. right? <laughs> and then she's she's mad. You know what I mean? And yeah. she jumps on that ship and she blows out the engine and just, like she rides it down like that uh, movie. Um, what's the name of the uh, the the one with the nuke? Oh, um. Oh, I just lost it. I keep thinking of Sergeant Peppers for some reason, but that's wrong. <laughs> anyway, but you know what I'm talking about, right? There's that, that yeah. old 1950s, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cowboy riding the nuke. Yeah, I just got like, you know, that's all I can think of when I see uh, Ikora riding <laughs> riding that ship down. Um, and you, you, I, I, I stopped several times and just looked out at the city and the engagements, you know. And I even tried to test the 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 jump fan on top of the postmaster. And I can tell you that the jump fan is out of order. Oh, I mean, it makes so, sense. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to say can confirm jump fan is out of order. Rip. Um, <laughs> I also, I also I heard that the purple ball is, has been deflated. Oh, sorry. What about the soccer ball? The so- well, the I, soccer, I, I, that's the, uh, the soccer balls at the farm, but yeah, but the purple it looks a lot bigger. Is, yeah, it does. 
And you get fireworks, apparently. Um, I'd, so I didn't check the vault. And that's my one regret is I didn't take time to check the vault and see if there was anything going on over there. Um, I was too busy, like, just in handling the excitement. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the campaign, I mean, it's very, I mean, you know, on PC, I mean, it's just amazing. You know, the detail is there. It, it plays so buttery smooth. I mean, I, I like it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, and, you know, the, 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 the experience is very rich, you know, looking around you, it's, it's, it's not like looking off in the moth yards and seeing a couple of low poly textures off in the distance. I mean, it's, it's violent in the sense of there's so many things happening. There's an assault on your eyeballs of light and color and, and, and it just, it's, it's pretty cool. And then, you know, that whole cutscene with, with Amanda picking you up and you can kind of feel that, that that tension and emotion of her looking at the traveler and, you know, like she has some kind of connection with the traveler, you know, mm-hmm. that's a little bit deeper and you get it right. I mean, you know, so, I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, you can kind of see, you know, Bungie's, you know, writers and storytellers now have a tapestry built upon D one and our experience with it to tell a story that they don't have to backfill with a ton of information. Right. You know what right. I mean? They don't have to tell us who Amanda is. And, you know, we, we know, so it's, it, I, I have very high hopes for the campaign in Destiny 2. Oh, that's, and, you know, I hopefully, hopefully it gets back. I, I, I don't know. But the number of times that, you know, emotions were triggered was significant. You know, they, they, they did it, you know, several times through their characters, you know, through Zavala being in action, through Ikora being mad, you know, Amanda, you know, hoping, you know, for something to happen for the traveler to rise up again and save us, you know, she's heard the stories, you know, and, and they need it. You know, who, who know, I don't know. You know, the speaker's gone. Yeah. You know, it's anyway, you know, there, there's, I, 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 I such a small taste and I like, I want to know more. And now we have this, <laughs> like this Bane bad guy, you know, Coming by and like, in the distance. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you know, like Bane rolls up in sh- Chicago and took the city away, right? Mm-hmm. And, and is doing his own experiment on, you know, thought experiments on people. Yep. Uh, you know, we kind of, it's like kind of the same feeling. I, that's, that's what I took away is you, know, you got this big, you know, Gary guy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, taking, taking, taking control of the traveler and, you know, what's going to happen? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, but I'm really excited to find out. So I'm for me personally, I mean, campaign story, it's such, I want to go someplace and I want someone to take me there and hopefully that'll happen um, with D2. And then lastly, I played the strike um, and it, you know, it plays like a strike you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a longer form experience. Um, you know, you're probably expecting half an hour of the engagement Um and it has mechanics in it that will prepare you for deeper, you know, like raids, right? I mean, that's for me what strikes do. Yeah. Is they kind of well, that was that was kind of what they introduced with the Taken King too. So it's glad to see that yep. it's kind of so, back. Totally, and and you know, so in this one, you it's a, it's a varied engagement. We get in fighting each other. We have chance to try out longer range weapons like scouts and snipers, etc you know, heavy and special, I mean, heavy and heavy drops are occurring more frequently and special drops. So you have, you know, we're swap. I'm swapping weapons to, to try them out. And I could say, I mean, I, they all feel really good. You know, 
they're all fine. The only one thing I didn't really care too much for was sidearms, which is in the primary slot. Mm. Oh, that's odd. Didn't didn't well, feel like it was I doing a lot. That, yeah, I guess that makes you know, sense cause, though, because it's because it's kinetic now, right? I I believe so. But anyway, you know, like it's it, it's you know, it wasn't it wasn't hurting them a ton. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was popping shields. <laughs> this but is not doing, doing enough damage. <laughs> Um, mini guns were fine, but like close quarters. I mean, you know, they, they all have their spaces. We'll have to all figure them out later. But you know, everything felt good. I mean, you know, that's 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 destiny. Great gunplay. You know, and I think they all felt fine. Um, but yeah, in terms of the the strike, you know, it was a lot of running <laughs> because it was a very long strike. So there were some some parts of it that was just a lot of jogging. Um, but the engagements were very fun when they occurred. You know, there was some platforming. Um, long jumps, but then there was one part where you storm, you know, uh, an area, you know, and I always like that kind of, you know, the, the halo landing on the beach and yeah. storming it from the covenant yes. or, you know, the, the assault when you're on the array, all the ships landing and trying to come to you. Yeah. I, I enjoy those kind of siege moments and, mm-hmm. um, the there's one of those. Yeah. What was yeah, the definitely. music for it? Music was good, you know, just variety, some war drums, some more eloquent music. Uh, so, you know, what you've come to expect is still remains. And it's actually a little bit different. I, I, you know, different people are behind it now than there was in D1. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so the, the I, I personally, I think there's, there's more variety in the music I heard. The fabric was a little bit bigger. That's it. That's, uh, that's good, actually. Yeah. So I was actually taking away from it. You know, some militaristic parts, some softer, you know, some more inspiring. And I, I, I'm a huge composer fan, mm-hmm. uh, like Bear McCreary from Battlestar Galactica and his work around, you know, synthesizing, you know, how he uses synthesizers to generate <clears throat> their tapestry for, you know, episodic content. I, I dig that, you know, that's the kind of stuff. And so I, I'm a huge fan of, you know, OSTs from Destiny and I, I, I the music was good. I can't wait to get the whole thing right. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that's like one of my favorite parts is when they release those OSTs. It's like, yes, yep. background music. So the end of the strike ended with a multi-phase boss. And so that was a fun engagement, having to do several different, you know, count encounters with the same boss. I mean, along the way, there were several mini bosses that just had, you know, high DPS. But this last one was a, a, a definitely like a multi-phase boss. That was fun. I, I enjoyed it. And, um yeah yeah it was good i mean it was the, the gameplay was there um nice. uh, you know everything felt great never saw really much of a hiccup uh, you know this build was super solid frame rates were amazing you know stable uh you know but yeah I'm, i have high hopes i really want a scorpio <laughs> uh, yeah oh man yes that- yeah i mean you know who does i mean the beta is coming soon see how that works. <laughs> you know. That sounds like an excuse to me. <laughs> Babe, I'm not feeling good. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to you know, take a day off. So, um, so I wanted to anyway. ask you, I know this is, this is kind of, and we kind of talked a little bit about, um, a little bit about it before the show. I, I know it's been kind of running rampant within the lore community <clears throat> with the, the, the the ex- I mean somewhat expected change in API. I mean you're you're moving to a different different game. I mean it's so an API is going to change anyways. 
Um, are you guys like for dim, you know, I'm assuming you guys obviously are using the API, but you're using a slightly, you're using it slightly different than, you know, Ishtar collective does. Um, what, what are you, are you, do you guys have opinions or or do you have, you know, any thoughts on how that's going to affect you that you can talk about? Or I'm just curious from a different perspective, the response. Well, we haven't gotten any information from Bungie about changes to the API. Um, we do have regular contact, you know, with the web team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are actually, you know, very generous with their time and they engage with us. Uh, they can get, you know, the, you know, the, the developer community. So they've taken feedback over the years, you know, of what feels good and what can be improved. And, and, and so we're eager to see, um, but at the moment right now, what I'm trying to encourage the, um, the community um, is to really focus on their subsystems, you know, the things that don't necessarily touch the API. If yeah. you can put effort mm-hmm. in improving that and getting it ready for D2, because this next app you build for D2, whether it's an evolution of your current one or a new one has to live for another four years. And so you're going to see this app, you know, still standing on its legs in um, 2021. Mm-hmm. So think about the technology landscape that's going to be occurring, you know, in, 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 you know, September of 2021. Um, you know, so, so, you know, we are, you know, working that out ourselves uh, within DIM because, you know, how, how does Destiny Auto Manager evolve into that landscape? You know, right, do we have continuity right. between the current client and start developing a new client to backfill. I mean, that's, that's what I'm working on right now. So, you know, we we don't have a lot of exp- you know insight into how. Right. No. 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 I was just work. yeah. I was just wondering. Yeah. You know, are you because are you part of that is if they if they if they get that to us, yeah. we can actually figure out a ton about the game. <laughs> what you can get information through that? Yeah. That's I mean, what... I would tear that apart. And, <laughs> and... Who wants Who wants to know the ending? No. Yeah. It's. The well, we see we see activities, right? You know, we see the grimoire, we see. I mean, well, all it's, I mean it's all it's it's all on the same. I'm assuming it's all on the same related. I mean, it, well, it has to be on related tables. So yeah, yeah, and it's 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 like a, mm, a seven megabyte metadata. This is this is a seven megabyte database that they give us. So that first part when you download dim and it says it's building the database, I'm downloading that from Bungie and taking the pieces we need out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, cause I know, I know a lot of people, I mean, there's, there's like, uh, and as with anything with, you know, ambiguous information and plus the internet, you get, <laughs> you get polar, polar opposite reactions. So I was just curious, someone, someone who is not in, you know, the, the lore aspect, you know, with the grimoire card hold that whole debate. I was wondering mm-hmm. if you guys were also kind of feeling apprehensive about it, or if it was just something that is like, it's a new game. We were expecting it. Oh, about the the the, the removal of Grimoire from it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just like the, what that could potentially mean with regards um, to information transfer. Sure. So uh, once again, yeah, you know, I'm a huge story fan in games. I mean, I thought Halo Two, Halo Three, you know, they were they were delivering great experiences. Um, I wrote ARGs for des- uh, for Halo Two and Halo Three and Halo Reach. Um, now we're and- now we're like best friends. <laughs> yeah, so I made so my first R 
it was it was a it was an it was a, my first arg was a Halo ODST event, um, and that was like a Trojan horse story, and so I had players running out grabbing stuff and bringing it back to the site, and eventually what they're doing was unlocking a Covenant AI that was masquerading as the superintendent. So <laughs> that was a fun one. You're very mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the second one was a much more elaborate Halo Reach arg that um, had hacking challenges, um, crowdsourcing challenges, um, puzzle challenges, um, and that was more of a um, uh, <laughs> discovering uh, only only just only knew that the covenant but was suppressing that information mm-hmm. from the citizens of Reach and was using all the lift capacity to save their military research versus saving the lives of the military contractors and their families. Oh, wow. And so an AI discovered it. That AI was trapped. But then there was a third man, you know, essentially a, an anonymous character or, you know, like, a, a, uh, you know, the, there was a revolutionary element to the Halo universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was these revolutionaries that were on reach that found the the AI with this information and exposed it on, you know, the, the effort, you know, the story changed at that point. Right. Cause that's the fun thing about stories. Like you, you can do a pivot, you know, and you right, tell a right, different right, story right. towards it. So that was like, you know, you, the first you discover this and you try to expose it and then you had this other you know, pivot towards you know, giving it, getting it out. And, um, you know, the, 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 the fun thing about that arg was there was player choice essentially uh and they could choose whether to keep it quiet and help the military assets and have another chance at saving humanity or take the choice of saving the people of reach at the expense of you know star killer minds so i mean it was was, you know a fun it was a fun art anyway so story is very important to me uh and and i was able to do all that work with narrative story coming out of halo right right so my opinion is grimoire was nice and you guys were able to do quite a bit with it because you had this long form narrative already available to you. Right. Um, but we did great in Halo 2 and Halo 3 with just kind of scraping the narrative that was out of dialogue. And my feeling is there's going to be quite a bit of dialogue. That is very true. That's very yeah. true. And, they, and they've just, kind of said that too, right? They've said that the, the yeah. story is going to be in game. So, yeah. I mean, there's going to be dungeons and treasure. I mean, oh my what gosh. is? Oh know, my gosh, I'm so so. You know, like about like that. there's going to be lore associated with these things. What? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that's my guess, right? I mean, right, right. So you know, I, I, I there's 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 a there's, the surface area is much bigger. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah, because the thing. But that... my expectation is there will be content. Whether right. you have to transcribe it to get it, versus having it served to you. You know, well, and the thing that it makes me kind of think, you know, and and again, you're right. We don't we don't know. I mean, it could be there could be text. There could be it could just be all audio. But the thing that it really, really actually makes me, you know, kind of going back to the Halo thing, it makes me feel like it's going to be more like hunt the truth. You know, like you're going to yeah. have to actually immerse yourself into the world of destiny. You are you are not we're not going to be a, a breaking fourth wall anymore, you know, which which has its pros and cons. But to me, mm-hmm. that just is really fascinating because you're going to have to adopt the paradigm of a person inside Destiny's universe. 
So yeah. you're going to believe something and then you're going to have to find out, oh, actually, this is not what's happening. This is what's happening. I could yeah. see that being fascinating and infuriating, but more fascinating. Players, players are now going to have to take these shards of knowledge that they've discovered and bring it to a central place oh. in the Destiny oh, well, community. Hmm. You know what I mean? A community, a community of, of things combining and coming. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I think the Destiny community has proven that we're pretty we we're pretty it. good at doing stuff like that. We can do that. Right. So it's going to be different. You know, once again, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, you know, how it all shapes up. You know, it's like it's, it's a brand new game and a new experience. I can't, you know, um, it just, you know, instead of having this stuff served to you, like it's just now there's opportunity for players to have a moment in Destiny where they found something and they can bring it to the community and say, look what I've gotten. Yeah, look what I've discovered. And they're and they're the and, first ones to have discovered it. And they're the first one. And it, you know, it's not going to be all day one people who like bash through it and like you know crush the storyline. There's going to be stuff on you know side quests and things that might be timed. You know what I mean? Like how many times you know we've discovered an open door during a public you know, mm-hmm. a daily story mission and that turned into a whole new experience getting black spindle. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know that that stuff might be better baked into the experience so so what i'm hearing is that destiny 2 is the no man's sky that was supposed to come out with no man's sky (laughs) better fingers crossed i don't know but i mean that's that's that's, that's my expectation yeah right no i can totally that actually i mean as as like i said as quote or as split between infuriating and fascinating i'm definitely more fascinated by that because you know my background is in psychology and so like that, oh my gosh, that just opens the door to, to conversations that between people who are obsessed with story that it's like, well, I think this, well, I think this, and they both, there, there is no longer this, you know, like you were saying, that's no longer served to us on a silver platter. Now we have yeah. to go out and we have to actually prove in game why a certain theory is, is true. That, yeah, that has potential cool. for being really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and like I said, we, uh, who knows how this is served? Right, right, yeah. You, know, you have terminals and ODST, you know, laptops and college. I mean, I, you know, who knows? So. Um, but it's you know, we'll, we'll, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll find out in the beta. We're hoping. We We're hoping. Start, start, we At least partially in. find out. Yeah, I mean, it'd be good to find out. I mean, in part for us, like in to how armor items are now impacting the character with you know we don't have intellect discipline strength anymore we have agility armor and a recovery mm-hmm. and so but we have no idea right now how that works right i mean you know there was no armor items to switch we couldn't see how you know those stats would change there was no numerical values that i could tell um on the armor items you know there probably would be metadata because there was there was progress bars you could see how much it had but, you know, the perspective changes now. So now Loadout Builder in our application becomes much more focused on, you know, do you want to be a tanky person that's slow? Or do you want to be a, an agile hunter that, you know, has pretty decent recovery, but you're a glass cannon? I am so happy that hunters are actually going to be fast and that Titans can't take that away from us. Because I heard <laughs> that they can't quite Titan skate anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, um, and I, I play Warlock, which is generally like a middle. Um, you know, and I, 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 that's good. Like I, I, I've always enjoyed this. 
you know, there's something for everyone. There's a flavor that appeals to you and um, that, you know, that seems to be maintained, but then you can influence your flavor through the armor items so that you can be a little bit faster at the expense of your armor. Um, so you, there's wiggle room. You can approach the hunter speed or the Titan toughness as a warlock. Or you could be an incredibly tough Titan. <laughs> and really slow. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. So, you know, the, you know, I'm looking forward to like, you know, how, you know, do that with loadout builder. Um, yeah, that would be. But there still wasn't a ton of, you know, I was going to this event, you know, hoping to get more answers and I saw some <laughs> new things and didn't get a ton of answers, but I have more visibility now and more of an understanding expect. Yeah. Um, and so, but I, I still don't know, like, can I move things directly to a character or do I have to go through the vault still? You know, like there's some, there's, there's some workflow questions that I honestly haven't pushed too hard to get answers for. I mean, I, I, I you know, I'm kind of okay just waiting until uh, a beta drops. I imagine we'll, you know, definitely see how it works then. Um, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, right, no, I, totally. I, I want to make sure dim works day one. Like my, my, our goal on the is honestly to say we'll dim up within. Nice. Um, not that it's super important. I mean, in the beginning you have character. <clears throat> There's not going to be a tremendous amount of work that you'll need dim for you're gonna be playing story missions and collecting some gear you know i mean eventually you'll have to start moving things off but you know you should be fine day one but my my hope is getting dim working as soon as possible um because some people will start to go into the crucible pretty quickly i imagine right well yeah Um, i would i would assume so since so you, you know just we want to be first <laughs> that's that's always the that's that's always the trick. Who's it's a collaborative first. experience. Yeah, right. the, 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 the the so the way I describe ourselves now, it's like it's a destiny uh community developer. So community developers, we are we, we work well pretty well together. Um but there's always competition, you know, and it's healthy mm-hmm. competition. Mm-hmm. Um but there there's never any kind of frustration between the teams. We all share knowledge pretty frequently with each other. Except for day one. No. (laughs) Day one, it's gloves off. Everyone for themselves. Day one, I'm going to be heads down. Well, that's true. I'll play later. Where's where's (laughs) Goose? I thought he was going to jump in the game. Nah, he he said he was mumbling something about... Yeah, that's that's the other tough thing. It's like as soon as the game drops, like whenever there's an expansion or something like that, I get to play for like 10 minutes and I get to grab a couple pieces of gear and then I go and I start working on the app and using my character. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, what uh, broke? <laughs> yeah. Like when side arms came out and it broke down <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. or whenever a classified item showed up and it wouldn't show up in dim. Oh I mean, yeah. We fixed a lot of those bugs. They don't, they don't happen anymore. at the time it was. So Yeah. We don't. We sacrifice a bit of our game time, you know, to make sure everyone plays. But it's fine. Yeah, I'll catch that wave. <laughs> hey, it's it sounds like it's going to be there for a while. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I, I train I, is real. I've been playing this game for three years. Nice. Okay. I've gotten my money's worth. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I've I've told people. I'm like, I'm not ha- I'm not upset. I got my money's worth mm-hmm. a long time ago, and I'm still going. So, mm-hmm. I just talked to my wife tonight about. So I, I need a 4K TV and Scorpio. <laughs> oh God! In November, babe. And she's Start like, saving now. Your envelope Save. is not full enough, sir. Save the quarters from your jeans. Your envelope is not full enough. Start doing laundry. Yeah. Um, well, okay, real quick. Last question before we jump into the lore lore aspect of the, the podcast. Um, Shay said in the chat, do you have any thoughts on why we saw the dubious volley in the D1 database and now are seeing it in the reveal? Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, probably because they thought of it back in D1. <laughs> they just they're, <laughs> designed I mean, it back yeah. then. I mean, you you have a lot of ideas. I mean, right, right. I've, I've made stuff, right? I mean, you know, you have enough exotics for this package, and it goes. I mean, who knows? So, we've seen a lot of things in the uh, manifest that didn't turn into stuff. Um. So, you know, it'd be interesting. it's here now. It's here now. Yeah, that's all that matters, yeah. right? Is it's here now? <laughs> it looked really cool. You know, oh, what I mean? God, yeah, it did. Never, never trust things. data mining. There, that's yeah. that's the well, that's well, <laughs> somewhat, yeah. somewhat. We we can give you insight, but right, you know, yeah, it's when we see like you know cool things, um, like Dune Marchers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, Dune Marchers are cutting. When? <laughs> <laughs> when are they going? You know, and so you kind of build up like this expectation, that, you know, and it doesn't just happen. So data mining is useful in some respects because you you can kind of see the contours, but you know, you don't necessarily want to read the last page of the book, right? Right. So you know, and plus, the book is still being written. Honestly, it's not it's not done. You know, they can still add expansions to it and modify it. So don't you know because you see something inside, you know, the manifest file like um dubious volley well yeah maybe it's a pivotal piece of equipment you know in, in the story you know, who knows i mean you know it's don't you know it's 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 not our story to tell you know bungie's gonna tell it right so you know none of that stuff i don't think too much about it cool well um, did you, and I know you said you, you had a, a, a full, full load of programming that you were looking down the barrel of. Oh yeah. Like I said, there's only like a hundred and some odd days left. Till yeah, I think it's like a hundred and four, hundred and five. Four depending on where you live. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, definitely want to hop back into the app. So my time here will be short, even though we were here for a while. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, always, always. <laughs> Just wanted to thank you to for jumping mm-hmm. on and kind of get giving us your your experience because I know uh, you know we all we all get stuck with our heads in the the weeds on the story aspect. So it's really nice actually hearing you know other perspectives, especially with regards to the whole the the data because um, I know a lot of people are kind of up in the air about that one. So I definitely wanted to ask someone who is not necessarily impartial but outside of this particular 
debate. In the thick of it. Yeah, so. I'm in a different part of the Destiny sphere. Right, right, right. And so. Um, yeah, yeah, I say, yeah, just, just to sign off, yeah, Destiny 2 is cool. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's it's definitely delivering uh, good moments. Uh, so I, 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 it was great to go. It's tough to wait. Yeah, yeah. I, it's tough. I, I'll assure you, it's a tough. It's tough to wait, even though you didn't go too. Because yeah, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. especially when Justin talks about stuff. It's like, yeah. should have found that seven hundred dollars to go get that plane ticket. Uh, uh, uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It was a. That's where my four K TV money went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, and then lastly, um, I just want to briefly just say um, you know, we got a new feature coming to uh, Destiny Eye Manager soon. It's uh, weapon rankings. Nice. Um, we are going to start working on community sourced rankings based off reports that users generate. Um, it's not going to be like you know one to one, like where I make a report and it's a rank five and you give me a one and we make two and a half. There will be analytics to produce a ranking for an item. Um, cool. We are really close. It's actually in our dev builds. Um, we got some more polish to do to it, but uh, one of the program is on vacation right now. When he comes back, uh, we will mo- push it out into the beta channel. So if you go to beta.destinyitemmanager.com or you use our beta Chrome extension, uh, you'll start to be able to cho- you know report on your your roles for weapons and you can help us and help other guardians know when they get a God roll. Nice. Um, not to delete it. I know Mesa and Bife are going to be all over Mesa, especially. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's our goal. I mean, it, at the end of the day with destiny on a manager the that we do is for the 80% player, mm-hmm. you know, our, you know, destiny is superficial in some respects. You could just pick up a gun and have a good time. But it's also deep. And you can go and look at the perk tree and micro a certain build and you can be devastating. So what our goal is to make that 80% player, that passive player that picks up a gun and uses it because it sounds great, we want to make them better by showing them that here's some armor items that have 100% rolls and can give you T12, right? And if you favor hand cannon and loadout builder, you can choose perks in your T12 build that have hand can reload oh, heavy nice. ammo drops. Okay. So you can do all these things just based off the gear that you have on your character. No grind required. We will data mine and produce for you a build that will give you what you want in terms of your perks at the highest uh, tier level that we can. I mean, tier 12 is not end all be all. You right, still want right. great perks. And then, you know, T11 is great. And then now we're trying to do that for weapons. So we're trying to guide you towards the meta, essentially, by showing you which weapons have the most potential. <laughs> now, it's going to be for PvP, because that's really what we're trying to measure is right. gun-to-gun experience. Right. You know, PvE, yeah, there's scenario-based experiences where, like, you want to have high-impact snipers when you're taking on Golgoroth, or you want sleepers teaming in on Atheon. I mean, mm-hmm. those are those are scenario based and we not we don't, we don't really think we can address that effectively within dim so pvp though we can definitely do that that's really cool and so when you get a great drop in 
Crucible, and we see it in Dim. Our goal is to notify you. That won't be in the first release, but that's our goal. But for now, you'll see that you might have a diamond blue god roll, Hawksaw. And that's what I've got, and I love it. It's totally <laughs> changed the game for me. I have this like amazing, you know, 28 sight, perfect balance, counterbalance. Uh, what's the other one? Yeah, but anyway, you know, it's like it's 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 a god roll hawksaw and it it melts. Um and I love it. And so if I can help other guardians not shard things that are great, uh, and then maybe guide them towards the meta, I can elevate their I mean, they still have to pull the trigger and point it, but mm-hmm. I can get them as close as I can passively, mm-hmm. you know, to being enabled to play Destiny at a level that may be a bit higher than what they So that's the goal for Dim. It's so just really the goal to make for passive Dim, players better. The goal for Dim is to make the hard choice easier. <laughs> yes. Stop Making lying. hard choices easier. <laughs> still hard. <laughs> I, my... I still have my year one oh, Gallahorn. It's never going away. I don't care. I'll, I'll, it's save, my that. I'll, I'll save that for a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> but I think my tagline I have right now is uh, the, the brightest guardians control their light with dim. Nice. <laughs> nice. I like so it. I use that a lot. That's like my favorite tagline right now. But anyway, I really appreciate it. It was a fun time chatting. Yeah, definitely. I haven't had yeah. much of a chance to do it, you know, since it's only been a week and I'm still tired. Um, oh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and just kind of recovering from it. But it's been a pleasure and I've enjoyed seeing your chat. Yeah, definitely. And we'll, we'll have to get you back on. Well, well, and I'll be getting you in touch with Uni, definitely. Um, and then we'll have, to, we'll have to get you back on sometime so we can let you and Justin reminisce. I, in fact, right now I see Delphi Actual inside your translators. Mm-hmm. Dim available in seven languages. Oh wow! He manages the uh, I think a team of ten that do all the translations. So we're always very thankful for Delphi's work. I just want to wow. give, him a shout, give him a shout out for that's uh, all that he does for everyone. Amazing for him and his whole team. I mean, that's yep. a lot of work is translating all of that. He makes it easy for us. It's it's really been a pleasure having him on the team. Awesome. Yeah. Dim's brought to you by 50 contributors. Jeez. A true community project. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're open source now. Oh. So if you have any, you know, I you know, if you know anybody that's a program interest in making Dim pretty, you know, send them our way. We'll we will definitely problem. we'll definitely do that. I'll put I'll put a shout out in our Discord server as well for that. Cool. Well, I'll follow up with y'all when your podcast is released and I'll listen about Clovis Bray later. Awesome. All right. Well have Sounds a great good. have a great night. Thank you again for jumping on. All right, guys. Let's run through the intro clip real quick and then we're gonna jump right into it. This is gonna be a little bit of a longer one, obviously, if you haven't if you haven't already figured that out. Um so just just bear with us while we get through this intro, and then we're going to jump right into the grimoire. The topic of today's chat is going to be a dive into the lore of the infamous Clovis Bray. I asked Green to put together a high-level summary of the topic, and this is what she had to say. Are you tired of working for someone who doesn't appreciate the value of your creativity and putting boundaries on you that only seem to inhibit you for no reason? Clovis Bray is not 
a company of workers mindlessly droning on in their own little box. It is a group of collaborators pushing boundaries of technology and science. Anything you need, demand it, and it's yours. At Clovis Bray, we have a singular understanding of genius, and we appreciate how brilliant minds flourish when they enjoy total freedom. Break outside the map with Clovis Bray, and your ideas of today will be tomorrow's unstoppable reality. Before we get into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last chat, we took a detailed look at the Night Stalker Hunters. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat out in the internets. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing and to help us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the official podcast for the Guardians of Destiny, Guardian One, Ghost and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny-focused podcast, Paragon Radio. Our next chat's going to be a dive into the updates that we've received in regards to The Last City. With that, let's go ahead and dive into the information and thoughts the community had about Clovis Bray. Lorbot, let's go. Query. Grimoire. Database. Results found. Displaying on screen. Thank you, Randy. I miss Justin. <laughs> doesn't feel right with me saying it but our first card that we're going to jump into is ghost fragment meridian bay which is kind of where i got the idea to do the advertisement style summary so it sounds like this we want your grandchildren does that sound grim don't panic we aren't talking about human babies yours or anyone else's we're talking about your inventions the children of your mind, come join us. Come to Clovis Bray and build the laboratory of your dreams. Anything you need. Demand it, and it's yours. At Clovis Bray, we have a singular understanding of genius, and we appreciate how brilliant minds flourish when they enjoy total freedom. This is Freehold, the realm where the new and the best is born. This is where your brilliance Free to budget constraints and managers makes the universe dance. Clovis Bray is a nursery, a nursery to a million marvels. Your inventions belong to no one but you. Cherish them, praise them, or tell them they aren't worthy and set them inside a deep, dark drawer. But every parent soon learns children grow up, and every technology matures. At some point, 
your inventions are going to find mates. They'll join with other marvels and produce a new generation of offspring. Maybe you'll build a better reactor. Meanwhile, the genius in the lab next door devises an elegant way to fold machines into tiny spaces. Your device meets hers, and a fierce little reactor is born. Your children are yours forever, and we are happy to arrange for your grandchildren to prosper. So, yeah, it's definitely an ad, very, very obvious ad to try to bring people out there who are tired of having to follow. They just get to do what they want and make the things they want and money is not a question. Lois Bray is going to pull them in and let them do whatever. Neither is morality. Well, yeah, that's the side that they don't really talk. I can't wait to get into the the, the Uh Sisyphus project. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing is like on the surface, I think Clovis Bray is. Clovis Bray had decent intentions. Well, see, I don't know. Not necessarily the person. I think the idea, I think the people who went and worked there, the corporation, well, even the individuals who went and worked there, you know, they were, they were, um, like we, we see that with Shirazi in the, Mm -hmm. in the transmit, which I'll read in just a second, the transmission card. Um, you know, Shirazi came to, I think it was free. I think he was, he was located at freehold if I remember right. Um, Like he came there with the intent of creating a, you know, a beneficial uh, nanotechnology. And he did. He, well, I mean, he, he created a nanotechnology. Right. <laughs> um, the intention was to make it to where they can uh, augment the, people. Like yeah. it was, that well, was, that was the transmission. Um, the transmission project was all about enhancing humans to mm-hmm. create now and then you know side by side they were also creating the siva project which um you know i know a lot of people this is a big t- you know big debate going on but siva was originally designed as a colonization tool yes um for growth and exploration like it was it was designed to um to basically be to be encapsulated shot into space you know well ahead of any colony colonization efforts uh, from from humans, because at that time humans or exos, I guess depending on the the specific time, but mostly humans. And the intent was for this nanotechnology. It was designed to basically break down and build things. Um, and so what it was with the what the theory was is that they would launch this ahead of you, and the col- the colonists would then follow it. And by the time the colonists got to wherever their destination was, Siva would have already constructed a, re- a receiving bay, basically. So they were coming, they were basically coming, quote, these are air quotes here, coming home, even though they were leaving home. That was kind of the, mm-hmm. the thought process behind Siva. Now, Siva, you know, I, I think, I don't know, I have my own personal opinion about Siva's... Um, the SEPA project Blame. got hijacked by military, I think. Well, because, and see... Because the military... Yeah, you're talking about the exodus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because having I mean, him come in there, I think that pushed it 
as far as the capabilities of SIVA past what was the original intent. Yeah. I th- um, you see that. So like, well, you want, let's, let's take a, let's take a little sidestep here real quick. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to pull up this raid armor. So wrath, wrath of the machine actually gives us a really, really good. I'm going to include this link in the show notes as well. A user over on destiny, the game Reddit. Um, who goes by Shadow Fist, uh, he actually put together, she, they put together a, basically they took all the quotes and they actually made it into a conversation. So there's not a breakout of what piece comes from what piece of armor. Um, it's actually in a conversation format. And um, it really, really shows how well it flows. Um, and the, mm-hmm. thing, the thing that they point out is that the hunter armor is the first five entries. Um, and this deals with the practical survival aspects of SIVA. And then you have the warlock armor, which is the next five. And this this actually starts presenting the the more troublesome aspects of SIVA. So like the ability to function forever and potential misuse through, I don't know, bad programming. Um, mm-hmm. Which, hey, that's where the fallen come in. Um, and then the last five are actually the Titan armor. And the interesting thing about the Titan armor is that it's exclusive. The exclusive topic for the Titan armor conversation is military applications. And that's the last aspect. So real quick. So entry, the, the hunter's entry. Um, do you want to green? You want to help me? Which one do you want to sure. read? You want to read? Uh, yeah. Or Willa. I don't care. If you want to do Willa, I'll do Lanshu. Okay. You you take it. All right. Let's get right to it. How can Clovis Bray help the Exodus project? We found a way to push our matter encryption technology even further. Habitats, equipment, repairs of all kind, all of these things can be made from one material. SIVA doesn't expire, degrade, or forget. It can remain dormant even on long voyages. Nearly any problem a deep space colonist could have, SIVA can fix. Okay. And how long do okay. the effects yeah, of yeah, yeah. SIVA... And that's, yeah, so sorry, the, sorry, that was, was the first five entries. Right, no right. worries. That's the first five entries. That's the hunter. And then the next five, it starts with Chin again, and this is the warlock entries. And how long did the effects of SIVA last? Well... Siva does receiver requires no external power source. So forever, just give it a directive and it won't stop until it gets a new directive. This sounds like it could be invaluable to Exodus colonist, but Maya Hayati has some concerns. General poorly worded or malicious code is the fault of the programmer, not Siva itself. And so we jump into the last five entries, which is Titan. Dr. Bray, I'm sure you've realized SIVA's applications extend beyond colonization. I'm not sure what you mean, General. Is this still about the Exodus program? The Exodus program would be interested in exploring SIVA's defensive applications. General, my team did not intend for SIVA to have military applications. Willa, some of history's greatest inventions began as unintended side effects. That's the end of the... mm -hmm. 
So it doesn't sound like it was necessary nefarious, the original intention. Well, granted, so, Willa did yeah, I was gonna say, the project like, on her own. She 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 encouraged individuals to to be removed and things. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I mean, you have uh Shirazi and then um uh Zan, I think was mm-hmm. the other one. And Shirazi actually I'm trying to remember Shirazi. Shirazi was completely transmission. Zan was yes. the one Zan was the one that actually kind of came back and was like they started off um they started off kind of, you know, they they were okay or Zaren, Zaren, sorry. Zaren uh, took took over after, after Shirazi left. Right. So uh-huh. so during so during Siva's development Zaren Shirazi or is it Shirazi? Oh, Zaren and Shirazi are the same person. I can I'm completely confused on that. Okay, it's let me see if I can find it. Is it in the? Yeah, so basically Shirazi was all aboard Siva's capability, like Siva's building. Right. And then what happened was there was an incident where basically, um, one of the experiments, someone got really hurt, and actually they went mute. I believe. I believe that was Yaren who went mm-hmm. mute. Uh, by what what we think is Siva, um, and this is this is also a point of debate because the transmission nano machine or nanotechnology, some argue that that's not Siva, some argue that it is, and so there's different different translations for what happened here. But anyways, what right. we know is that after after the events of the transmission that we see happening during the Golden Age. Shirazi backed off like they he he pretty much was like I'm I'm we're gonna put a fail set because that up until this point they hadn't put any fail safes there's no kill switch in Siva mm-hmm. um so after the incident uh, Zarin was like I am putting a kill switch in this thing because we can't let it hurt people and then suddenly Shirazi's off the project but it wasn't again it was the transmission it was magnificence and brilliance and fortitude and all those different transmission mm-hmm. nanites it wasn't necessarily siva at that moment right, it was the right. project that led into siva that gave siva or gave willabray the the base knowledge to be able to create siva right and then and then because they hadn't added those failsafes in the transmission project they had not even thought to add them in the sivas project mm-hmm. um and like they were so they basically they were overconfident and they were like yeah no 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 we're good we'll control it and they didn't add the kill switch and then all of a sudden they have all these issues with transmission which kind of you know shake the foundation of their confidence in the siva project but at that point it kind of got the feeling that it the and we also don't know where the conversation that we just read in the raid armor kind of took place so it could be a simple, it could be, well, not simple, but it could be a situation in which the corporation, you know, Clovis Bray was all of a sudden under a military contract. And now it's like, it doesn't matter what you guys think. We have to, you know, the age old intellect versus military, you know, thing here. But it's, you know, we didn't, well, it doesn't matter how you feel. We got to do it because we have a contract. Um, well, I mean, it's very likely that they had multiple contracts with the military considering right. that they're one of the most powerful corporations well, at the time. And we know that they, you know, Rasputin and the war mines mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. 
arguably came from Clovis Bray as well. Um, and that that actually well, let's go. Let's let's jump back into the grimoire real quick. We've we talked we've talked a lot about the transmission. Um, okay. This this card transmission card is a quote from Ikora Ray, and she says the things that possessed us they called themselves magnificent, brilliance, splendor, fortitude, and glory have decomposed and passed into memory. The owl sector who watch over us with spread wings are at rest again. While the gifts of Clovis Bray's research were many and valuable, Dr. Shirazi's notes described terrible things. That they only enhanced our cognition Cognition is fortunate, but they were also unstoppable. What will we do when something more harmful touches us? Dun-dun-dun. Interceiva. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the big difference that we know for sure as far as the transmission diseases or nanites is that they were the test subjects were human or at least right, they right. were not well, guardians correct. they weren't guardians so we we assume they were human or possibly awoken but well no they wouldn't have been awoken either because there was no yeah it, they would have to have been human would, most yeah. likely yeah it would have it would now we don't know you know we do know that clovis bray uh kind of I, seeded is not the right word but clovis bray brought colonists to different planets uh we actually learn uh in the owl sector cards um that one of those could have potentially been related to ikora so that kind of points to the fact that ikora might have been raised off of earth uh as a guardian we actually know that for certain now okay. because of d d2 stuff Oh, that's right. That's right. Because in the that's the reason she went back to um, Io. Io. That's right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I'm still processing all that information. So I know it's so much. There's so much to go through. It's great. I know. Yeah. It's 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 amazing and infuriating at the same time. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because we so. don't have access to everything. <laughs> well, to jump to so to jump from the transmission so that. Transmission, you know, was relating to the Golden Age and Clovis Bray and the Golden Age. Now we're going to jump into, well, this is also, this is still in the Golden Age. This is actually Ghost Fragment Clovis Bray. And this is an excerpt from the unpublished memoir of Clovis Bray II. So this is Clovis Bray's son. Um, and he says, <clears throat> my father hated maps. And do you know why I hate maps? He asked me. I didn't answer. Not immediately. With father, every question was vast, particularly those that looked simple. And simple questions deserved as much insight and wisdom as could be brought to bear. With that in mind, I said nothing. Why would my father hate maps? One of his collaborators came into the office. Father didn't have employees or assistants, and for that matter, he didn't have heroes either. Every person, living or lost, was a collaborator, and that included his children. Clovis, said the visitor. Father heard the woman, but he was watching me. The woman was pretty, and I was 16, so I looked at her, smiling enough for both of us, and she threw in an appreciative wink my way as she described test results from the last five billion runs of our AI initiative. Out on the Martian desert, my father and picked, colla- my father and picked collaborators were building housing too cold for this universe and too swift to be real. And I was a 16-year-old boy, smiling at a pretty woman. My father thanked her for the update, and she left. Just as I feared, he never looked away from me. 
I don't, I, I don't know why you hate maps. I admitted. With father, ignorance was never the worst crime. What was awful was pretending to have insight and wisdom where neither existed. Maps end, he said. I nodded just a little. Maps insist on having borders and edges, or the table falls away, which isn't the way the universe works. It, it doesn't, no, I agreed. Then he asked me, so how does the universe work? I pretended to take my time considering various smart answers, but I ended up using my first impulse. Effortlessly, I said. He laughed, which wasn't uncommon for my father, but it was heartening to hear just then. What else can you tell me? He asked. The the universe is infinite and probably in multiple ways, I said. Then I listed a few examples. The census of stars, the many worlds principle in quantum mechanics, and the endless measure of tiny realms hiding in, inside every grain of Martian sand. Father nodded. The smile died. Then he said something ominous, although I didn't appreciate it at the time. The universe is someone's map, he said. Is it? I muttered. Yes. Oh, yes. And what we're doing here, we're reaching beyond the boundaries, out into the unknown. And we pull back new colors to put on this map that can never, ever let itself be finished. I nodded, smiling, like the good son. But I was 16, and my thoughts were mostly about the pretty woman who had winked at me. I love... I, okay, I'm, I'm just going to be 100% blunt honest that card reads Cade so mm-hmm. badly and A there's nothing bit. there is nothing to back it up but like i don't reading i don't know the, I, the biggest I mean, time and the smart answers instead of the smart alec answers right i mean it's it's just to me that that entire like oh man like that entire it, thing yeah it would be so sad if it was Cade. oh yeah it would be i mean it'd the, be so tragic it would explain a lot about Cade's personality, um, actually. But like, because the other thing, the thing, like, because because I read Cade in the the card, things stand out that kind of like point to it. Mm-hmm. And one of the, that's one of the big things is everyone's like, well, if this was Cade's father, then how did he make himself an EXO? Blah blah, blah you know, well, or how did he, you know, he did all this and all this and, all this. but I mean, honestly, the answer is right in what is that the fifth. Sixth paragraph. Mm-hmm. His father didn't have children. His father didn't have employees or assistants or heroes. He had collaborators. Well, the other thing we know is that Clovis Bray tried to basically live forever or try to make it to where somebody could live forever. That was a big yeah. goal of his. The Sisyphus We know project. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, well, that's, that's, I don't, we don't know that for sure either, but I'm pretty sure the Sisyphus project was... Other than being an amazing minion ring, which is like the only reason I would want to play a warlock is so I could have a, a minion ring. Um, I mean, seriously, okay, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Ishtar Collective and type in Sisyphus Project, S-I-S-Y-P-H-U-S Project, and you tell me that is not a freaking minion. It's... Mm. It I I won't be able to look at that, and I am glad I don't run Warlock most of the time, because if I were to wear that, I would just do the banana song over and over. I know, right? Be-do, be-do, be-do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my gosh. So great. Well, and then I love it because it's that hilarious little image. And then there's also like a huge kind of trivia connection to, to Clovis Bray and Sisyphus that I'll talk about here in a second. Um, Right. That I, that I like, the more I think about it, the more it's like, you know, I'm actually kind of, I actually kind of think this is a potential like parallel here. Um, well, it's definitely the trope of the scientist who pushes beyond the boundaries. I mean, it's the Frankenstein trope in some respects. Yeah. Uh. Well, yeah, especially with the EXO, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely think that's the case. Um. So, I mean, the other thing is here, Um. I know Mylan, I'm going to, I'm going to, again, I'll link this as well. Mylan does a pretty good video on, on Clovis Bray. Um. He did the he did the Clovis Braid video that I'm going to link. He did that before Rise of Iron, or right before Rise of Iron, or right like immediately after Rise of Iron dropped. Um, so some of the things he, there are assumptions that he made. There's very few minor little things that we actually then we actually learn later that are not correct. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things that he does point out right here is the fact that this card actually points to. Very interesting things about the universe of destiny. First off, many worlds principle. Okay, so many worlds principle. That's multiverse. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's the theory of multiple universes, which is a which is a big thing. Um, and then there's there's another thing that kind of gets thrown in here. The, the endless, tiny realms. Yeah, the endless measure of tiny realms hiding inside every grain of Martian sand. Okay, there's another card. And I can't, I can never remember. Is it Ghost Fragment Ishtar Sink? That talks uh, about the, yeah. I believe it is. Hang on, let me pull it up. Yes, Ghost Fragment okay. Ishtar Sink. Um, and I'm going to just read this real quick. This has nothing to do with Clovis Bray, but it's a really fun card because it makes you really think. It says, <clears throat> the box appears to be copper. The red lid is dented, one hinge shattered. Inside waits a small quantity of the finest, driest powder, more brown than gray, more blue than green. The greatest minds in creation make quick work of the material. The powder is weighed by the grain and studied close and remembered. One hundred billion bits of near nothing reside inside the copper box, all of them tiny and nearly spherical, all etched with the outlines of continents and islands and ice caps. Each sphere represents a planet, and some of those tiny globes match known worlds. There is one Earth, and one Mars, and a Venus, too. The box holds renderings of every habitable world in the galaxy. One of them offers a simple explanation. The box is a message. The message is the minuscule nature of the box's cargo. It's the image of 100 billion worlds barely filling two hands but if so who is delivering this message what vastness do they wish to impress on us is it a warning or an invitation or a taunt i love the the tiny universe theory it just, I mean, the the most iconic one that we know of. We're if you guys don't know the cats. We're uh-huh. marble on a cat's From collar. Men in Black. Is it Men in Black 1 that does that? Uh, Men in Black 2. I think. I okay. think it's Men in Black 2. Because Men in Black 1 was the giant cockroach. 
Yeah, the Edgar suit. Yay! And the lemonade that wasn't sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so here's the here's the couple of things here. Okay, so th- read that card in connection with the card that we just read with Clovis Bray, right? I could see <laughs> Clovis Bray dropping this box off <laughs> on, on Venus just to screw with Ishtar. But he probably did. I mean, it could be. It's probably something completely else. But I could totally see him doing something like that. Well, that's something to think about, too. Ishtar and Clovis Bray being somewhat competing scientific factions. Well, and we kind of know they were from um, the Ghost Fragments Vex because um, Shim makes fun of. Who's the who's the dull one? The dull one? The one that... So you have Maya, you have Shioma, you have Shim, and then... Oh. Oh, gosh. The one that I always forget. But he mm-hmm. he, he nearly had gone... He had nearly gone to Clovis Bray. Uh, mm-hmm. And Shim made fun of him for it because he was like, yeah, you wouldn't have been having fun. Like, basically, it was like a dig at Clovis Bray. We're, we're smarter than Clovis Bray. Um, we also know that Maya went to work for Clovis Bray. Right. So, but okay, did Maya go? Maya didn't go to work at Clovis Bray until afterwards, did she? Correct, right. She didn't go until afterwards, which is how she and Shioma got separated. Um, and then that's how Maya found the machine, which led to the future war mm-hmm. because breaking the rules is what Clovis Bray likes to do. Oh, yes, yes, breaking the rules and going beyond sounds sounds like a good act to. It sounds like the description of the machine, actually, mm. because we want to see beyond the edge of the map. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's the other thing is like, and it, oh, my gosh, the the entire like head twist at the end where it's like the universe is someone's map. And it's mm-hmm. like it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, hang on. Like it. Which which is where I kind of get the connection that maybe Clovis put the put the copper box together. Yeah, because he's like he's like this is the message. This is the message. We feel like we're the you know the top of the blah blah blah. But the tiny world print, the, the tiny world theory is we're not. We are nothing more than a speck of sand. Zoom out. Yeah. So it and I mean just intellectually that that concept is has always been very fascinating to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But did we want to jump to Clovis Bray? Was it Ghost Fragment Clovis Bray 2? And this one is actually the replacement for Dr. Shirazad. Shirazi, Shirazi. There we go. Dr. Shirazi. Um, It's their replacement. And actually we we know that it's a male, but we don't know who necessarily, do we? Uh, let me, I'll look, but I don't, okay. off the top of my head, I don't. Yeah, look while I read. Get and this guy, this guy is coming in, and it's his description of what he sees, essentially, and it goes like this. These spires soar like birds into the dusty pink sky. I marvel at this. My new home. The planet I've dreamed of since I was a boy with a telescope. Peering at that warm red light. Hope of our overcrowded planet. What I've been working on will solve all those problems. Developed in these laboratories, 
built to my specifications by my handpicked team. These nanites will double, triple, maybe even quadruple construction rates, reduce colonist casualties, and serve us in our spread across the system, then across the stars. Our first replication chamber sits beside the Cosmodrome, ready to outfit the colony ships. Dr. Willa Bray herself came to congratulate me. You'll be able to expand soon, she said, into the space currently occupied by the Shirazi lab. Are they relocating, I said. Moving on to other opportunities. I can't imagine a better place to be, I said. Yeah, there we go. Um, Dr. Dr. Zhang. Yes, and that's from the Dormant Siva clo- uh, Cluster Clovis Bray 1.7. It's like that conversation that you just read is actually kind of the same conversation that this one says. Mm-hmm. It says, does the new research facility meet your expectations? Which it's, So it's a continuation of that conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. Does the new research facility meet your expectations? It surpasses them. We presented you with this sample of SIVA on your desk six months ago, and the speed of our prototyping was the direct result of our generous budget. Clovis Bray prides itself on its talent and liberality, Dr. Zhang. From construction workers to researchers, we treat our staff royally. So Zhang is the creator or like the prototyper of SIVA? Oh, I, you know, I, hmm. Because, see, like, or, I kind of read... Hang on, let me see. Because the way that he says developed in these laboratories built to my specifications. Right. So he kind of built the idea of it. By my handpicked team, these nanites will double, triple, and maybe even quadruple quadruple construction rates. I mean, that sounds like SIVA. And then we know from the Clovis Bray... Right. So uh, if you go back if you go back to Dormant Siva Clovis Bray 1.3 um, mm-hmm. this is... Well, actually I think 1.1 1. 1 actually... Yeah. Okay. Actually, I, I'm going to correct myself again. 1.0 is where Zarin, who is Shirazi, Zarin kind of puts his foot down. Um, he, he basically, like, they... <laughs> He he formed he files a protest against Willa Bray uh, mm-hmm. for the the direction um, he says I can't in good professional conscience recommend further research in this direction without stringent review of protocol and mitigation of the undisclosed undisclosed lethality risk which I should have been informed of um and then Willa basically is like is this in subordination and he says no it's a what do they call it it's a protest um and then she, it goes on and she says you have no history right. of subversion blah 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 where did we go we screened you very carefully this is so this is where it starts getting a little little creepy weird um mm-hmm. because she says you no, have no history of subversion Zarin. no marches no petitions no action items we screened you very carefully where did you go wrong uh, or where did we go wrong? Which kind of points out that Clovis Bray has this surface. This is kind of what I was saying. Clovis Bray has this surface appearance of being like this utopian and this mm-hmm. free, you know, free thinking or free thinking colony on Mars where you can do whatever you want. What they don't tell you is that there's a logarithm that decides who they approach. So mm-hmm. it's not 
you do whatever you want. It's the people that we know are going to do things, what do the things that we want them to do. Those people can do whatever they want. Anyone else we don't invite. Well, they also they want people that's not going to question them, right? It's, Which is they're where, wanting, right? No, yeah, go for it. Go for it. I was going to say that's it's, where the whole transmission subjects come from. Mm-hmm. And so the the idea that the transmission subjects that were somewhat tortured within the project and everything changes the heart a little bit of Zarin. And yeah. yeah. And then in 1.2, 1.2 is kind of where you get, you, you start to see the coldness of Willa. She says, mm-hmm. I understand your concerns. You're a good researcher, Zarin. Your work here has been deeply appreciated. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, Ready so, so you'll you listen, you'll cease this line of inquiry. Oh, on oh, the no. contrary, we'll take your valuable findings and run with them. Your work will live forever. It's such an ominous line. Like, I can't oh, read that yeah. and be like, well, Zarin's gone. Um, well, that's the whole point of the the very first card we read is the fact that your grandchildren will make sure that your ideas and your projects merge with something that we want. Right, And right. they will live on forever. Um, and then mm-hmm. 1.3, 1.3 is where it's like, strictly speaking, Zarin, your participation isn't necessary. We also learn in that one that they were doing the experiments at the and same time. So what that tells me is that they had already been approached by the military. Mm-hmm. So they were well, doing they were doing uh, military experiments in parallel to the colonization effort. They were approached by Exodus Project, which right, was right. ran well, by the military. Yeah, so that was um, was that Lin, who Chin Lanshu? Yeah, Lanshu, um, who was a general. In the military. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was it was a military contract. And she Wasn't was also Shin the flying squirrel? Was that the flying yes. squirrel one where she... Yeah. yeah. Where she's like... She, like, snubs her nose at Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. It was... I, I like her, but I, I definitely see she's very, um, very militaristic. Um, and then, let's see... One four? One four is when Zarin, apparently, I think, is trying to hack something. Um... <laughs> did you see the times on these unauthorized access entries i do <laughs> would you have any idea who might have been oh no she's like yeah so like she knows I, that I get, will has been looking i get the feeling that zarin got caught with his hand at the cookie jar basically <laughs> because he was accessing <laughs> things that weren't weren't for him um and then all of a sudden uh 1.5 zarin's zarin's gone and zang's here so and then like was it full functionality of the test nanites and our 200 tasks, blah, blah, blah. Um, they'll be what Clovis Bray is remembered for hundreds of years from now. All that's left is construction of the replication chamber, which is in the Cosmodrome. Um, I know that was a question in chat uh, really quick. This is an excellent point. People were asking, okay, SIVA was developed on Mars. So right. how did SIVA get in such quantity? How did SIVA get to Earth? Like even if someone had carried some SIVA, it can't replicate. Thank God it can't replicate because that would be Stargate Atlantis all over. And that's a terrifying uh-huh. aspect. Um, but anyway, so they, they can't, they can't replicate. They just construct. Um, but what we have to remember is that they built a replication chamber in the Cosmodrome as part of the Exodus project. Well, so, they built the replication chamber right, that true. we know they, of. There was the only one that they had, I think they finished. I think they were mm. the initiate, like they were going to initiate more, but the full replication chamber was built on the Cosmodrome 
in conjunction with the Exodus project. Um, and I think they had actually initiated production, which is where you get one of the ghost fragments. Which one is that? Rasputin. Which one's the one that he's sending them extra extra solar? He sends the uh, frame. He sends a frame with C- Well, anyways, Rasputin sends right. some Siva out of the solar system. Was um, that with Maya Maya Lahati or whatever? Yeah, it was. It was no. It was um, no. That's oh, a different car. It was the something red. I just went blank on it. But anyways, we mm-hmm. know that Res- we know that Rasputin had developed Siva and had programmed a batch of it for colonization efforts and had launched that prior to the entire collapse. Um, we right. got a ghost fragment that actually is detailing all that. And it's the frames. It's from the frames point of view. Um, cause he's talking about the buzzing of the, the mites and everything. Um, and so, okay, here's, here's what I was, this, I got, I got Zarin and Zang confused earlier. Zang is the one that later comes back in and says, Nope, we have put a kill switch in this. Because I read your notes. I thought this is what I kind of get is like, I read your notes and this is this is a really bad idea. Um mm-hmm. and this is where you get the concept that I think it was Yaren on uh, Destinypedia said Destinypedia made a connection that it was Yaren possibly. Um another scientist on staff, well, formerly on staff, so that was that's not ominous at all, brought up the possibility mm-hmm. of undesirable outcomes. And then Willa's response is, and you believed her. Um, and she, you know, she was honest about other matters. Uh, so this is where Zang actually kind of comes in and is like, no, we got to We got to put a kill switch on this. Um, which then it kind of, but at the same time, Zang goes through and finishes the project. Yeah. This is, this is actually confusing. Maybe, do you think maybe 1.6 is still Zarin? It kind of feels like it, I can but see I mean, that, um, cause I think there's multiple conversations going on. Like they haven't quite left. Um, another scientist on staff will formerly on staff process. Uh, I mean, it, that one, it's hard to know who the voice is. I know. Cause they don't, is. they don't drop names on that one. Uh, uh-uh. I mean, he might've, but he also, the other thing is he might not have been kicked off the team because he wasn't going to buck up against, since he got corrected by Willa, mm-hmm. maybe he just decided to follow through on it. Because he, in Siva 1.9, dormant Siva 1.9, he has finished the project. He said the complex is ready for wholesale replication of the Siva nanite. We're waiting for your signal to start. And the most ominous line in all of the dormant Sivas, I think, is the new machine age, shall we call it? Let's begin. It's like, <laughs> Ah, I mean, creepy. The, thing, the thing is, is like the here's here's where I keep like internally having a debate. This is a debate that I'm still having because when we learned about Siva with the rise of iron and all that stuff, mm-hmm. one of the things that they they impressed, you know, the right the writers. This is outside of the game. One of the things that they completely and continuously impressed on everybody was. Siva does not have sentience. Siva needs no. a mind to control itself. Mm-hmm. Siva does not have sentience. Like, they said this over and over and over. And now all of a sudden we're, I'm seeing, I'm just seeing a lot of chatter about how, Oh, Siva has sentience and Siva is going to come back and get us and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, but it, Siva has to have can't. somebody controlling it. It can't 
Like, I mean, unless now, granted, this is you know, this is if it develops its sentience. I, yeah, that would I, be I would scary. Be very interested to see the argument of how it develops sentience, but I'm not going to say it's not possible. Right. Um, I'd be very interested in that because that's just kind of odd. But um, considering like just, that it doesn't think for itself or it doesn't well, have it, any thought process, it just does the directive. Right. And it's like there's no, um, you know, like, OK. And, and Justin and I have had this conversation. I think it was on the SIVA episode. I view SIVA as basically a giant database. Um, mm-hmm. So it's storing the memories. Like all these SIVA fragments that we get are just basically excised um, rows. Uh, if, right. if you do anything with databases, you know what I kind of mean here. It's it's basically, it's it's just information that it's viewed as corrupted, so it gets rid of it to clean the table, basically. It's it's deleted, deleted data. Um, the thing about data is it never gets deleted. It just gets removed. Stored um, in some other place. Which is where you actually get the idea of these clumps of SIVA. It's these these clumps that have been kind of cast off the main the main frame of SIVA so that it can't corrupt the database. SIVA is a database. It's storing this information, but it doesn't mean that it's actually, quote, learning from this information. Mm-hmm. Um, un- unless, okay, unless someone has hacked SIVA on an operating like operating system level and reprogram the entire base code of these nanotech, which I'm sorry, we don't know how to do that. Um, unless that happens, Siva, if, if Siva is what was explained to us from the round table from the rise of iron thing, if that is accurate, there is really no way for that to gain sentience. Now, it can be badly programmed. Right. Which I make, I actually make an argument that I don't think we've even seen that technically. I think that even with um, the fallen splicers, they kind of knew what they were programming. I mean, we talked about that a little bit uh, with right. the, the, um, the psychology of the elixir, whereas bigger equals more powerful. Mm-hmm. Ax- Axis just wanted to be the biggest thing ever. Like, I mean, if you actually look at the replication chamber, it's a, it's a egg. He was incubating. He was growing. Um, So, I mean, if you think about it that way, you know, that is, I don't know. And and like, I mean, the other thing is it's a video game. (laughs) So, so I, I am completely leaving the door open that, you know, yeah. Like Shay saying in the the chat right now is like all the information that it gathers and adjusting functionality. Yes. Suddenly you could, you know, make a hop skip with space magic and say that there's a sub sentient evolution. It's very possible, but in some ways I'm going back to like the storytelling aspect of it. And it is the, be careful what you wish for. Yes. Yeah. That is, it's that trope. It's the be careful what you wish for trope because whatever you tell it to do, it's going to do it until you are tired of it. Oh my God. That's why I love it. I Mm -hmm. love it because it's, it's like, it's, it's, Hey, you don't know what you're doing programmatically. I'm going to kick you in the face. Yeah. Like it's every programmer's dream as a teacher tool that, like if you have a kid that's doing something that annoys the crap out of you, you make them do it over and over and over and over. So like kids that jump up and t- touch the top of the door frame, you have them do that like a hundred times. They won't do that again. 
Or if they do, just keep teaching them that, no, this is going to get painful. And I'm going to make you do this this many times each time you do it. I may have done that as a teacher. To take it into a more mature description, um, the Punisher actually does that to one or two of his. Oh, yeah. Here, hold this. Oh, what is it? Uh, It's an activated trip mine. Don't move. Because it'll blow up as soon as you move. And then he just leaves. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was one of the... I think that was Welcome Back Frank. He did that. I was like, oh, oh, those things are heavy. Well, uh-huh. That's not good. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Okay. So, there, there is a bit of a SIVA dive. I know you can't really talk about Clovis Bray without getting into into that. Um. We, we did the Wrath of the Machine breakdown we get to go into the fun part oh my god but i know you've been ready the to dive into project. this thing mm-hmm. i was like i was writing this up so okay let me let me explain why i'm kind of excited about this first off it's greek mythology um and so it's it's already that already is kind of a, a fun fact second off this deals this actually has a sort of connect well it's a secondary connection to thanatos who is the greek personification of death um, and Thanatos is a very fascinating, uh, figure within Greek mythology, um, especially from a psychological standpoint, because of the personification of death. Um, it, it's very telling of that society. Um, so anything dealing with Thanatos is always really, really interesting to me, uh, just because it tells, it tells you a lot about the society and how they kind of perceive the concept of the terminal point of our existence. Um, so the Sisyphus project, which is the item that we were talking about, the minion ring, um, the Sisyphus project is a warlock artifact that it, I'm, I'm looking at it now. I'm, I'm just like, um, anyways, so sorry, I should not have pulled up the image. Um, the, it says Clovis refuses to back down. Meanwhile, the others have taken to calling it the Sisyphus project. And this is taken from laboratory notes found at a Clovis Bray facility. Okay. So this is, um, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Okay. So Sisyphus to kind of give us, let's step back and let's talk about Sisyphus from the Greek mythology for just a second. Um, there's a lot of parallels between him and Clovis from what we know, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of lead into that as well. So Sisyphus was a king. Uh, Sisyphus was known to promote navigation and commerce and was also known as someone who violated Xenia, which is a concept in the ancient Greek world of hospitality. Uh, This is basically the generosity and the courtesy shown to those who are far from home and or associates of the person bestowing what was called guest friendship. Um, So this is... um, Guest friendship is basically if you have someone enter your home in the ancient world, having someone enter your home was a very, very important thing. It was a very ritualistic thing. And usually when they when a guest entered your home, they were under your protection. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was a very, very big deal. Um, You can also see this kind of in regards to sanctuary laws uh, within the medieval times, uh, within uh, sacred spaces such as cathedrals. The the concept of sanctuary is kind of an extension of guest friendship because 
you're in a divine being's house, you know, in, in the case of cathedrals, you're in God's house. So you are under mm-hmm. God's protection. You are the guest friendship. You, that guest friendship extends to you as being as part of that, that relationship, um, which is kind of the basis concept of the entire idea of sanctuary. So this is, this is, this is a thing that is, or it is in, uh, it's, um, enforced by the gods, especially in Greek and especially in the ancient worlds. This was a very, very big deal. So the rituals of hospitality created and expressed a reciprocal relationship between the guest and host expressed in both material benefits, such as the giving of gifts to each party, as well as non-material such as, you know, protection, shelter, favors, or certain normative rights. Um, so Sisyphus, Sisyphus was known as someone who commonly violated Xenia by killing travelers and guests in order to maintain what was an iron fist rule over his his country. Um, basically, he would lure people in. Um, he would lure people in via the idea of promoting a navigation or, or pushing, you know, commerce and all this. And then he would kill them if they if they questioned them. Um, so that's, that's Sisyphus. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to come back to Sisyphus in just a second because there's, there's a other connection there as well. But similarly, Clovis could have been said to lure subjects to his uh, facilities and then quote, kill them figuratively, or even in some cases, literally the transmission being one, um, Mm. in experiments such as, I don't know, exoscience. AI testing, and even the unknown project, which was literally named the Sisyphus Project by the individuals who were working on it, um, mm-hmm. which a lot of people kind of assume could have been either the um, the catalyst for the exoscience division or even some of the AI or even the, the Vex, depending on who you're talking to and how far down the spin flow you want to go. Um the the basic concept of the Sisyphus project, though, a lot of people kind of agree, is that Clovis was obsessed with immortality. He really, really, really wanted to not die, right. which, which is another really fun connection to Sisyphus because Sisyphus was was a um, he was he was an a hole. Let's and there's no there's no denying that. But the thing about Sisyphus was he was really really good at it. And he was very smart. He was very charismatic, and he usually didn't really get caught, um, or not necessarily caught. He he couldn't get pinned down. Like he was very, very, very diplomatic and very charismatic, um, and he just also was a complete psychopath. But anyway, Loki like, yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, but Without it, so, having the trickster side. Yeah, he, there was no, well, yeah, there was no tricking. He was just killing people. So anyway, Sisyphus is immortal. So guess what? Sisyphus dies of old age, or he died. I can't remember exactly. It depends on which myth. Some say it's old age. Some, you know, he gets killed because he pissed off the wrong person. But anyways, mm-hmm. Sisyphus dies. Well, when in ancient Greek mythology, you die. Guess where you get to go? You get to go to the underworld. Sisyphus was not a good person. So when he got to the underworld, guess what? He didn't get to go to the good place. He didn't get to go to the good fields. He got to go to the bad places. Um, and so in order to kind of duck this this payment of karma, if you will, he tricked Thanatos, the god of the dead. Um, he actually tricked 
Thanatos, I think he tricked him twice, uh, but he tricked him into, so one of the things that punished, one of the punishments was that Thanatos would chain the dead up uh, so that mm-hmm. they couldn't escape. So they couldn't, you know, because this was a concept of, uh, this was the the idea of the nos or the, the anima. Uh, this was that that time. Uh, so the nos was something that was very, very, very um, separate from normal spirits so that they could survive. They could haunt you. And so one of the things that prevented all the spirits from coming back was Thanatos. Thanatos and uh, Cerberus and all these gods would actually stop them from coming back into the land of the living. Um Thanatos was also responsible for collecting the dead. So one of the things that Sisyphus did was he actually tricked death um, <clears throat> by asking, I'm trying to remember the, the mythology here. He, he asked Thanatos how the chains worked. And then while Thanatos was showing him, he actually chained Thanatos with his chains. Mm-hmm. And then Sisyphus being Sisyphus just got up and walked back over to the world of the living where um, in in certain mythology, he actually goes on to haunt his wife because he he viewed what she did as not being an appropriate burial for him. Um, so anyways, Sisyphus, Sisyphus actually tricks death and actually, in a way, escapes death, kind of like Clovis. However, the ultimate price comes when Ares, who is the god of war, kind of gets pissed off because... Uh, the thing about the thing about not having death is wars. Wars aren't so much fun for Ares because no one's dying, right? <laughs> like so, Ares Ares actually doesn't care that Thanatos gets tricked. Most of the gods think that it's actually kind of funny. Ares gets pissed because he stops having fun with the wars that he's causing on on the mortal plane because no one's dying because Thanatos isn't free. So Ares then sends Hermes to free Thanatos, who you know, is a little annoyed, perturbed, I guess you would say. And that brings us to the famous Sisyphus or the Sisyphean project. Sisyphus gets punished and his punishment is he is taken into a pool of pool of water, basically, or no, no, that's a different person. Sisyphus is told that he can, he can return to the land of the living when he gets, when he gets a boulder to the top of a hill. Mm-hmm. Small now, problem here. This is the part of the story I know of. <laughs> Small problem here is Thanatos kind of kind of ones up him and basically charms the boulder to continuously right as he's getting to the edge of the top of this ramp that he's supposed to push it up, it slips and it rolls all the way back down. And this is where he's locked in for eternity, this cycle of pushing something up. He he is he is destined to just be endlessly doing this. It's a punishment for being too hubris. He's he's uh he's forced to do all the menial tasks and forced to do something that he knows. And the the other thing is it it's the 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 best part is Sisyphus knows that it's an impossible task. But he can't not do it. And so that's the Sisyphean project is it's something that it's impossible. There is no way that this is going to work. The connection here too that I kind of I kind of see here is that you know is if Clovis Bray you know is being presented as a Sisyphean figure in Destiny, um, so Sisyphus tricked death, so Clovis could have 
tricked death and created exos. However, if you follow the arc here, the tricking of death actually led to a price that was extremely, extremely outweighed the brief freedom that he was able to enjoy as being deathless. What does that say about Clovis? If they're going to follow that arc, could Clovis come back for a future storyline as something, something dark, maybe something in a crypt, a deep stone crypt? Well, that remains to be seen. So for sure. But I mean, likelihood of that happening, not very high. It would make me kind of probably die of happiness, but that would be. I think that would be a really cool little bit of a nod to the Sisyphean myth is like, oh, yeah, the the raid, you know, if if whatever they do, a raid in the Deepstone Crypt, if even the physical Deepstone Crypt is a physical thing um, mm-hmm. or one of the facilities, you know, whatever, uh, the, one of the bosses could be a an AI, a corrupted AI of Clovis or something like that. I think that would be I think that could be an, an interesting, interesting twist. Um I know, so I took a lot of time because I got really excited about the Sisyphean connection. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about Clovis Bray the second, real quick? Well, I mean, we kind of talked about him a little bit because the only card that we have about him is the one we read earlier, the Ghost Fragment Clovis Bray, where it's the son of Clovis Bray and the suspicion that it's possibly Cade, not confirmed, but fun little suspicions at least of the 16 year old boy who's just thinking about pretty girls who winked at him. And after that, we have Anna Bray, which we are not entirely certain is actually a Bray because she is the guardian who, if you remember the mission where you had to go and stand in the different pools of light that she created with her golden gun and the, is it the twilight gap map? Yes. So that map over there where she creates that, she was actually a guardian. So we're not entirely certain that she was Anna, because if you don't remember anything from your previous life, how would you know your name? So So she might have assumed the name. I have a theory on that, but... Um, yeah, the real quick theory, we kind of talked about this in, in chat too, because this is another thing that always comes up when you talk about Anna Bray. Um, mm-hmm. Because exactly, you're like, wait, hang on. You're not supposed to know who you were. How do you know who you are? Um, one of the theories is, yeah, <laughs> name tag. It was on her name tag. Actually, that's kind of <laughs> where the theory was going. Um, we there is a there is a, a potential explanation of like she could have been resurrected in a Bray facility, um, you know, and it's this could be Anna Bray. This could literally be Anna Bray, um, mm-hmm. and she recognized, you know, she was the employee of the month. Or, you know, whatever Clovis did, you know, or like there's a picture or she was resurrected in Anna Bray's office. You know, there's just because she is a guardian does not mean that she is not Anna Bray. It just means right. that she doesn't remember being Anna Bray. Um, right. So. And then we know Willa Bray, which who was the project lead for the SIVA project and the transmission project, pretty much kind of what it seems like the, just that division. Yeah. I kind of get Willow was in charge of the nanotech. Right. Actually. Yeah. I think I, I would say I was trying to think, uh, because the ghost fragment Clovis Bray, the woman that he's having a conversation with 
is not Willowbray. Um, because obviously Clovis Bray II, unless we're dealing with a really weird family, would not have not recognized his own sister and winked at her or smiled at her. Right. We're not going to go down that road. So anyways. Awkward. Um, so she's not. Well, what I mean there is that that individual seemed to be one of the heads of the AI initiative, which is the theory that leads to the war mines. Um, and Willa, the known connection to Willa is mostly through Siva and then through Shirazi, also the transmission. So I think Willa kind of specialized with um, nanotech. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have Elsie Bray. And the only card we know of El- that mentions Elsie Bray is the Eon Trespass ship card. Which is an amazing, the- amazing card. Yeah. Oh, it just opens mysteries. You think any card that opens tons <laughs> of mysteries is an amazing card. Because the card literally says, born from the mind of Elsa Bray, three years before she disappeared. And three. it's like, three. uh, uh. Disappeared. This is, so three yeah. years. What? So so this is this was one of the funnest. And I actually just remembered something about Willow, but I'm going to come back in just a second. Uh, this is one of the funnest theories on the the argument of who the stranger was that I remember reading was Elsie oh, Bray. Was Elsie? Yeah, it was Elsie Bray because what does Eon trespass mean? It means trespassing in time, right? And we know the stranger has a ship. Well, Elsie disappeared supposedly around the El- the Eon Trespass, the original Eon Trespass. Because when you when you get Eon Trespass, you just get the schematics. You can't. Act- mm-hmm. I don't think you get actually the ship. I think no, you, you get only the schematics, get the schematics first, and then you can you, you can, can build it. You can build it, yeah. but you, I don't think you ever. I don't. No. I don't know. If, I don't know that a hundred percent, but I'm almost certain that you never actually get Eon Trespass dropped. You just get the schematics, which kind of points to the fact that yeah, it could be the Eon Trespass that the stranger. I just I remember reading that theory, and I was like, you know, that's a really fun, like little logic leap there too. Actually, um, mm-hmm. I also just remembered Willabray is responsible for engrams. Right, Will- they, Willab- the programmable matter, which is what. Co- this is what spawned the whole idea of the nanites. Uh, well, no, yeah. So, like, Willowbray looked at relic crystals from relic iron on Mars, which remember that's where Clovis Bray's facilities were primarily located. Um, and she looked at the inherent data structure storage capacity of the relic crystals on the relic iron, and from that, she was able to extrapolate and kind of back engineer the concept of engrams. Which engrams, so here, <clears throat> going back to my, my personal like headcanon of engrams, engrams are encased in glimmer. Like the, 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 what is it? The D20 that you get, because it's a, it's a 20 sided die. Let's just all be honest. You roll, you roll either a 20 or a one, depending on what you pull out of it. Um, like the, the, the die shape, that's glimmer. But the engram is the information that's stored within that glimmer. So the engram, I, I, in, in my head canon, this is just me, but I always kind of think of like having a small fragment of a crystal inside the center mm-hmm. of the engram. 
and that's the data storage unit. And then the glimmer is what's used to create whatever's stored inside that data. Okay. Yeah, there's a card that it has to do with the project. Which I think it's the transmission project where they said something about figuring, it might have been something we read tonight or it was something I was reading earlier today about how they figured out how to stop the energy issue where the glimmer, or not the glimmer, but the engrams would lose power and forget what they were supposed to be. And so they would have to be charged again, which is kind of what the Cryptarch ends up doing is charging it to pop out the new item or pop out the item. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I want a blank engram. That's uh-huh. all. I, that's that's literally from that time com- that that comment that you just made. That's all that that's stuck in my head. Right. It is. It's like little. Uh, it's jump drives. It's jump yeah, drives without a power yes! source. Yes, they're crystal jump drives. Oh uh, mm-hmm. yes. How many gigabytes do you yeah. think are on there? Uh, considering if it's a green engram, probably <laughs> like sixteen megabytes. Not even a gigabyte. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so Shat or Ghost, it's in good temper that it says the unique data data static structure of relic crystals inspired Dr. Willibray to develop the first Ingram matter encryption techniques during the Golden Age. Is the one that that's how we know that she was um regarding the Ingrams. I'm trying to remember. I actually do kind of remember something about the data storage. Mm-hmm. That's gonna drive me crazy. Uh, uh, do you want to do you want to jump into Alton real quick and I'll yeah, see if I can find it? It'll take me like two seconds. Alton is we don't know anything about Alton other than apparently he was a he was a author, um, and this is from the Meridian Bay card, uh, and he says a great city is a place where man competes with the gods. So many philosophical problems with that. But anyways, um, so then it says, Under the shifting sands of Meridian Bay are the ruins of the magnificent freehold, a testament to the glory of the Golden Age. Great secrets remain hidden in its crumbling towers. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that, okay. and I, I'll be honest, like that quote is like bugging me, and it has bugged me for two days. Because I swear there is another book that I've read that said, and it doesn't say that, but it says something like that. And it's not Utopia. I don't think it's Utopia because I'm pretty sure it's not in there, but it's just that that's been bugging me. Anyways, what do you got? Found it. What was it? It is. It's actually from the Siva memory fragment. So it has to do with that whole line between Willa and Chin Lanshu. She said, we found a way to push our matter encryption technology even further and says something and see if it doesn't expire to grade or forget. Oh, so it's okay. kind of like that conversation that we read. Okay. Mm-hmm, the one that we read earlier. So it's talking about the programmable matter or matter encryption, which that's pretty much if she's the one who designed our drops, essentially don't blame the cryptarch. It's not the cryptarch's fault. Blame Willa Bray. Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. start a campaign to stop the so, hate. So year Google. one, what I just heard there was year one players who, who will completely understand this. When you pull a blue from a purple, it was because Bray fault. didn't program it right. It's her fault. It's her fault. All the anger that you've directed at Raul 
Well, you can keep being angry at Ives because he's kind of a. He's a jerk. Yeah, he's a d bag. Um, mm-hmm. But all the anger that you've directed at Rule, that's not. That's not. Don't don't be mad at him. He's just trying to do his job, learning about Plutarch and and German. You, uh, there's a really fun after show comment there. Um, <clears throat> no, no. One of the idle dialogues from Raul is like hilarious, and I'm not going to put it in the podcast because mm-hmm. it's just bad. Um, but he's also he's also deprived of coffee. Okay, you guys need to be nice to him. And now mm-hmm. he's probably on fire somewhere because Gary's mean um it looks like the they're scrambled too the engrams are i'm just doing quick searches on engrams that would make sense too just because of the Mm -hmm. age yeah interesting oh question okay so there's a question about coffee in chat no this was this was a great find for pins and i when we found this there is an idle dialogue from raul that he actually backs up the idea of coffee um, so we know that even though humanity has fallen, even though the darkness has come, we still coffee have coffee. Survives. We yes. still have coffee. So just it's what you know, keeps everything alive. Just, just be happy. It's also why we don't sleep. <laughs> you still have coffee. I remember finding it's one of his idle dialogues, and I remember finding that, and I was like, I, I literally message pins and i was like don't worry we're good i'm done <laughs> don't have anything to worry about i can continue I've decoded to exist. destiny <laughs> that's funny oh man so i think um i actually think that's most of clovis i mean obviously clovis bray we could probably just philosophically you could probably go on and on about clovis bray oh um, yeah oh yeah it's just a mess as far as philosophical whether or not it was okay for them to do what they did ethics we could talk about ethics with them well and i was gonna say ethics i mean geez go read utopia Mm -hmm. it's it's i mean that's the i mean and you know machiavelli would be dying laughing at this because this is exactly what it is it's you and the damn i was gonna kill me um it's the impossibility of a utopian society like you can't have it. You always ultimately end up with something or someone in charge who doesn't want to to follow the, the lack rules. of rule. The lack of rules does not actually free people. It actually hurts people sometimes. Um, as a parent, I completely agree with that sentiment, and I will repeat that: the lack of rules and structures is very bad. For society, for a child, for for anybody, you need structure. Humans need structure, and the thing, mm-hmm. the, the problem with this "quote unquote" unfettered growth, um, is is that I well, you know what? I I think Jurassic Park said it the best: is you were so busy concerned with whether or not you could, you never stopped to think if maybe you should. And that's the whole idea that Clovis Bray likes to squash is like, are you tired of somebody holding you down? Right. Telling you shouldn't do it? Shouldn't he's, he's follow actually, that idea? He's actually encouraging. He's giving you most, everything you need to do it. Right. And it's it's one of the most dangerous things about science um, is the. It's not 
it's not that he's encourage, encouraging immoral development. It's that he's encourage, encouraging amoral development. He is encouraging a, a scientific progression and scientific research that has no moral sense. You are completely, you are encouraging an environment, and this is just me getting on a soapbox for two seconds, so bear with me. If you encourage an environment that is unconcerned with the rightness or wrongness of something, we've seen what this does in the real world. It creates very bad situations. The Holocaust is an example of that. People who don't have a moral compass to guide them in what they should or should not be doing. And I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to say like, you know, the whole, like, I'm not going to go down the road of the different moral debates. If you don't have a moral compass, if you don't have a moral compass, that's even more dangerous because you don't even understand, you, you don't even know when you are going too far. And when you have someone who is actively encouraging an amoral situation, especially with someone who is dealing with cutting-edge technology, and the 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 philosophical fallout of, or just the the geez the the fallout, the psychological fallout. I mean, this, we see this actually in the Golden Age cards too, where they talk about the debates about mind forking, about you know the entire concept of exos, this the AI. Mm-hmm. AI, I mean, if you sit down and you actually think about the the logical conclusion of an AI system, you can't then turn around and say, oh, this AI is flawed, we're just going to terminate it, without also saying that you are killing a creature. Because that's what it is. At a certain point, there is a level of... And, you know, this is I know I'm getting very close to a debate that is very, very dangerous, but there is a point at which people decide that there is life. And at that point, once you pass that point, that's when the morality comes into play. Actually, I mean, you could argue it comes into play. But if you don't have morality, if you don't have moral sense of what is right and what is wrong, again, your your comment on what is right and what is wrong that doesn't matter. The fact is you you have a compass. If you don't have that compass or you're encouraged to turn that compass off, that gets you into very big trouble. Well, yeah, and there's there's I NPR did a article today about children's psychopaths and the fact that it can be an actual an a biological difference. It's not like a training type thing. Like the kid does not have an amygdala that actually functions correctly, which is the emotional empathy part of your brain that that processes feelings and emotions and stuff like that and can actually feel empathy for somebody else, which is why you get these kids, in some cases being very, very extreme, where they don't feel remorse for hurting somebody. They think it's funny or they think it's something silly. They don't realize that what they're doing is wrong because they have no empathy for that other person. And so what they talked about in the article was teaching them how to have a structurally implied moral compass where they teach them to have the moral compass by rote. It's the same thing as learning a song over and over. You teach Mm -hmm. them over and over and over and over. So, I mean, there's... There's so many different roads we can go down with this and empathy and moral compasses and stuff like that. It's just such a massive topic. 
Yeah, it's, and I mean, like, and again, I, I, I will go ahead and I apologize because this is this is actually a big debate for me personally, um, because morality is a huge. So, mor- and and it's not because I'm like, uh, you know, whatever. It's because it's a fascinating concept because the idea of the idea of an absolute right or wrong, I th- I think is. Well, anyways, so the lack of morality is a very, very terrible thing. Um, And so for scientists to be encouraging people to be basically borderline sociopaths is very concerning. And that should be something that you avoid. Um, Now, you don't need to be like 100 percent, you know, whatever, like do good or, you know, shiny, shiny two shoes, you know, whatever. But at the same time, you there has to be a line that people don't cross. And when you mm-hmm. say, "Oh no, you cross that line, you leap over that line," we'll 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 support you. It's like I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to be like, um, "Well, what it's, happens it's when that, that what happens when that experiment requires human sacrifice?" Right. It's the whole reason why Shirazi decided that, hey, this may not be a good thing because I'm actually hurting people. So Shirazi was not a sociopath or a psychopath or anything down that line. He realized empathy for the the, the people who had volunteered for the project. Yes, they're test subjects, but they're not they're people, too. And right, you see right, and that's why that's why I them. love I love the character of Shirazi, the little like the little glimpse of Shirazi that we get. Because he shows, to me at least, when I read Ashrazi quotes and when I, you know, when you see him interact with um, June or Yoon, um, especially mm-hmm. his, that conversation, those conversations are hilarious. Like the, the comments that Yoon has about, like, he's just such a pessimist about everything. Um, right. And he really points to things that Shirazi's like, crap, I can't, I can't argue that. Like, that's a really good point. But Shirazi shows that the scientists that are there at Clovis Bray are not Clovis Bray. They they aren't like brainwashed. They they're there no. because they're passionate about what they're doing. They they think that they are actually making things better, and that kind of I mean that's good. Well, the other the other thing I mean think about the card we talked about earlier where they were picking people based on certain criteria. Right. Yeah. The fact that they they didn't march. It. They. Uh-huh. They they pick people who don't get involved with social issues or don't have a big say or don't care so much of getting involved with those social issues. So they're not super into the fellow man, take care of the fellow man. They're more into the science of it, the knowledge, pure knowledge instead of human knowledge. Which, you know, is funny when you say that because the entire big thing that Clovis Bray calls all the people he works with are collaborators. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just irony. We will go on forever on this topic. Yeah. If you, it's ser- you know, I'm okay. Here, here's here's a serious thing. If you want to talk to Green or I about this topic, just shoot a, shoot shoot the email. Uh, shoot an mm-hmm. email to our group box, and I'll I'll pull Green on to the email, and we'll we can get a group email going. Um, or I mean, if you want to put in a request, we can probably create a a, a group chat in Discord. Because I mean, literally, I can I can go hours on this topic, um, but <laughs> I'm going to spare everyone because this is already going to be a longer one, longer episode. Um, Green, Green, are you you good to roll to shout outs and final comments? 
Sure thing. No sound bite for that guy. I keep forgetting if we have a sound bite. No, for that guy. no, no. Need, you know what? I need to. Smashes. I really need to. I need to do that. That's a good. That'd point. be fun. That's a fun one because we have it for dish patches and stuff like that. Yeah. A but... Justin, stop talking. Sound bite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Justin, my shout out goes to both Justin and Mel. Uh kind of miss those guys, especially Mel, because I've only ever done one podcast with her. And I miss her. Because that one podcast was amazing. It was the color podcast. It was the color podcast. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> it was green, purple, blue, and then Mel. And Mel. <laughs> and so- if you miss them too, and I know Mel's super busy with her awesome, like she puts up some pictures of her cosplay stuff that she's doing for the convention she's at. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And if you haven't looked at her cosplay before, definitely go check her out on Wind of the Stars or at Wind of the Stars on Twitter mm-hmm. and just shoot both of them a a message saying that you miss them and that we we talked about a lot of philosophical things and it was a little bit deeper. Not to say that Justin can't get deep with his conversation. Just, send, but just send Justin a hashtag thanks Randy. Yeah, he'll like that. Tell him Green's not as good at it. I'm okay with that. He has to be here because <laughs> I'm not as good at doing thanks, Randy. <laughs> and then shout out to Goose for joining us earlier for some D2 reveal talk. So send him some love as well. Although his uh, his contacts will be in the links. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get all that linked up. I'm sure most people, most people, if you don't know what dim is, it's destiny item manager. You need to, you need to educate yourself very quickly on that. It's a very, very nice app. And it sounds like it's extremely intense. Like the, the, the processes that they were talking, like he was talking before the show about all the stuff that they do. It's like, geez, man, that's crazy. Um, so shout outs. uh, What's up? I said, and you're a programmer. Yeah, no, no, it's just, I, it's well, like, I'm I mean, just sitting yeah. there. I'm like, I'm like, you have a, you have, that workflow must be insane. But I mean, it's, it is what it is. You just, if you have, if you have people who are good at what they do, you're, you're good. Um, mm-hmm. Which they do, by the way, they have an amazing team over there. Um, shout outs for me. Uh, really just email topic for next week is going to be lore update on the city. So, you know, we're going to talk about everything that we gained just before we lose it. And, um, so if you guys have any, uh, thoughts, questions, I'm not going to, I don't really need to know your concerns, but I mean, if you want to send them to me, I'll, I'll read them. Um, about that topic, please be sure to send us an email on that or shoot me a message in discord. I will gladly take it that way as well. Um, and then, yeah, again, just big, big shout out to goose. Uh, thank you so much for spending, you know, a bit of your time. I know, I know you have a big deadline coming up on, on dim. Uh, so we appreciate you taking your time out of your, your day to chat with us about destiny two and about dim as well. But, um, all right, let's go through the outro and then we'll stick around for a little bit for a shot or an after show.
With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes each week, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusedfirechat.com. Thank you again, Goose, for joining in on the conversation. I'll be sure to get your contact information up in our show notes for anyone who wants to continue chatting with you. And please, please, please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions for our team concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes as well. Also, make sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.